Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. Now, what are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we take time in the second half of the show to take your live comments and questions. However, we usually don't have enough time to get through all the live comments and questions that get sent in, but I want to make sure that you guys don't have to wait too long to get them answered, so we gather those questions up and we address them here on companion videos. And of course, I and all of us are lucky enough today, once again, to be joined by Kimberly Curran. Kimberly, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Doing good. We were just talking about um, WandaVision. Man, so, countdown. Are we starting the countdown yet? Can this, the can, countdown has start? started. The, the countdown has started. We were just talking about how it's like whether or not, I mean, we're lucky in the sense that we live on, you know, in the Pacific Standard Time. So we yeah. can stay up late. Like there are people who stay up on the East Coast to watch WandaVision at like 3 a.m. Oh, it's 3 a.m. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So we're lucky. We only have to stay up till midnight. I, I scheduled mean, in a nap on the last no. one because I was way too tired and I had to get up early the next day. So I scheduled in a nap so I could get up at like 11 so I can watch it. That's also. a good idea. Knock it's it a up. part of my day. Not it's get up at five to 12 because you want an hour to get your head cleared. You want to be Gotta sharp watching cleared. it. Yep. Uh, well, listen guys, we have a lot of questions to get through. So let's not waste any more time and let's get right to it. So Kimberly, what is first? All right. This is coming from Jonathan. The MCU has largely been based on science. Thor, I come from a world where science and magic are one and the same. Doctor Strange draws power from other dimensions. Wanda and Pietro acquire powers via experiments to have literal magic, like Harry Potter or something of that nature. Kind of breaks the consistency. I mean, Agatha is a literal witch, right? Nothing sci-fi there, right? I don't know. Your thoughts on this? I feel like the MCU is best when it's grounded in some possible science. Okay, so here's the thing. The MCU continues to grow and evolve by doing things it hasn't done before. Everything in Marvel had really mostly been mostly terrestrial until they did Thor. And they suddenly were on Asgard. And then they did the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now they're in the deepest reaches of space. They'd never really done horror before until they kind of got into Doctor Strange a little bit. WandaVision in and of itself is kind of breaking new ground. So, and listen, we're, we know we're getting Blade. We've never had vampires in the MCU before either, yeah. right? Yeah. But Blade is coming. So that's the thing uh, that the uh, MCU always has to do is look for new ways to expand and do things. And yeah, you can bring in new stuff. And I'm still not convinced Agatha is actually real. But we'll find out. We'll see soon enough. But no, I, I think it's good for them to push their boundaries, introduce new elements. That's always going to be the challenging thing to do. All right. What's next? Let Them Eat Popcorn says, with the mounting accusations of alleged workplace mis misconduct, no upcoming projects announced, and now the Zack Snyder Justice League Vanity Fair article where WB executives trash Josh Whedon. Is Josh Whedon's career over for the foreseeable future amid Hollywood distancing? This, of course, has been, it's been a really, as a fan, a very difficult one for me because I am and have been such a huge fan of Josh Whedon, a fan of his work, and, and, and every time I've had the chance to get together with him, He's always been very kind and very nice, but it is very disturbing um, when you start reading things from Carissa, uh, a Charisma Carpenter and then again, you know, Sarah Michelle Geller, who never says anything like she never gets into the fray of anything. And she it's it's a very, very disappointing thing for me as a fan to hear. Now, the reality is Joss Whedon has really not hasn't wanted to do much for a long time and for a while. So 
I don't know where where things are uh, with that. I, again, it's just for me as a fan. And, and again, I was never there. Like I have no idea if what you know Charisma Carpenter saying is accurate. I'm not su- suggesting she's lying, but you know her percep- perception. I don't know if Joss Whedon didn't do anything. I wasn't there. But you know, as a guy, a fan of the guy, it is extremely disappointing uh, to hear this kind of stuff. And um, Again, it's hard to say, well, because of all this, he's not going to work much in the next while because he hasn't really seemed to have been wanting to work much lately anyway. So I'm not quite sure what the outcome will be. But uh, yeah, I'm not TMZ. I don't go looking into the personal away from the camera stuff. But again, as a fan of Joss Whedon, it's very, very disappointing for me to hear. So there's that. All right. What's next? Blake says, if we all find out Quicksilver ends up being from the multiverse in WandaVision, does that prove that Mysterio knew about or telling the truth about the multiverse? And how come no one else knew about it? No, even if it turns out that uh, Evan Peters is playing the the X-Men version of uh, Quicksilver, that doesn't change a thing about what Quentin Beck knew or didn't know. Spider-Man Far From Home made it really clear. This was all a scam that he was running. You know, he was aware of what the Avengers talked about as far as, you know, I think the public knows about changing times and doing all that kind of stuff. And and he just piggybacked on that as an excuse. But I don't think it is him. I don't think it would prove him having a greater awareness of these things in there because I thought the movie made it pretty clear it was all a scam to him. At least to him, it was. All right, what's next? This is coming from... From Patrick Conway, people seem, seem to want Pietro and Tommy slow-mo scene with Sweet Dreams playing in the WandaVision finale, but wouldn't Time in a Bottle be better to play than Sweet Dreams? I just think that's the better Quicksilver scene. Oh, well, listen, first of all, that, of course, it's assuming a couple things. You're assuming that this is actually Quicksilver from the Fox X-Men universe, which I still, I'm still, i more open to it now than I was before, but I'm still not there, so I don't believe that. And then, you know, do you really, why replay the same scene you've already done twice? So I'm going to guess they probably won't. And if you do, then you certainly don't double down on just doing something you've already done by using one of the pre-existing songs. I think, number one, if that's actually Pietro from the Fox X-Men universe, and I don't think it is, and if they do the same kind of slowed down speed scene with him that they did in the other Fox things, which I'm not sure that they would then I don't think they would still go back and just use one of the songs they had done. I think they would probably pick something completely different. All right, what's next? This is from Alex Von Gollum. Hi, glorious team, Gio and Rob. In trying to link the last two WandaVision commercials, this came to my mind. What if the Nexus is the Yo Magic? If you want to switch realities, you need to consume Yo Magic. So what is the source of Yo Magic? Agatha's book? No, I don't. I don't think. I mean, that's an interesting theory, but I, I think the book is something she's trying to feed. I mean, at least, at least that's what it looked like to me. I think she's trying to get power for the book to maybe break something out of the book. The problem with that, of course, is the whole phrase "yo magic." Like that's this is insinuating I I feed on your magic, I feed on your magic, and then the kid sitting there withers away and dies. So. I don't know. I mean, listen, it could be Alex. I mean, there's a lot of theories going around out there, some of which have been verified, some debunked and all that kind of stuff. So it's possible, but I really don't think Yo Magic is a direct reference to the Nexus. I think that really was more literal. I feed on your magic. That's how I took it at any rate. All right. What's next? 
Cam K says, hey, John, the voice behind that scene with Wanda referring to her deserving this is 100% Agatha confirmed. Take the audio and turn up the pitch. And it's 100% Catherine Hahn's voice. No exaggeration. It's clear as day. Yeah, somebody else wrote in and asked me about that. And I said to me, like, I always thought it sounded like even when they said, you don't you think you deserve this? To me, I, I immediately thought that sounds like an altered voice. It totally sounded like an altered voice. So when they showed it was Catherine Hahn behind the camera later on, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes that was her voice. That was clearly her voice. So I uh, that is something I was already assuming, Cam. But I, I didn't take the voice to slow it down or speed it up. But I'm glad you did that homework for us because, yeah, that's exactly what I thought before. All right. What's next? Homelander's doppelganger says, hey, John, I think the engineer is going to be John Boyega as Blue Marvel. Personally, I think it would be pretty cool. Thoughts? Anyway, been listening for a long time. Love the show. And you know what they say. Happy Uma, happy Homia. <laughs> happy Uma. Um, no, I don't think it's going to be John Boyega. Um, and But Blue Marvel, first of all, there may not be an engineer. Let's, let's understand that. There may not be an engineer. However... Unlike a lot of people who, because he didn't show up in episode seven, now just assume he's not going to be there. I think there's still a chance he may show up. And Blue Marvel is one of the guys that I suggested that it could end up being. After all, he is an engineer, even though in the comics he's an electrical engineer. But Peshaw, they'll make that one little change. Also, he's connected to Monica Rambeau in the comics because he dated Monica Rambeau in the comics. So there's that, all that kind of stuff. I highly doubt that if... They do have Blue Marvel in there, and that's a huge if, that it would be John Boyega. John Boyega and Disney seem to be on a bit of the outs right now, so I wouldn't expect that it would be John Boyega. But listen, we live in a world where Jamie Foxx is coming back to play Electro, and in that world, anything can happen. All right, what's next? Ambassador Spock says, hey, John, episode seven, Tibid, mind blown. Maybe LOL. I'm thinking one of your viewers saying Agatha is an extension of Wanda is true. When they did the whole to Agatha, we didn't see everything of her. She appears as a cloud from the waist down with with the waist down and seem to be in all black. And then we see her change to what we see as the camera pans up with a little bit of purple surrounding her as the introduction starts. It's all in the details, John. Happy hunting from Orlando, Florida. Now, this was my thing coming into this. I I was like everybody else thinking, okay, so it's Agatha, but I never thought it was all Agatha. I still think it's it's a lot of it is Wanda. But then one of our viewers wrote in and said, John, what about this? What if... Agatha isn't even real. What if Agatha is just an extension of the Agnes character and she is still just a character in this story Wanda is creating for herself? She's now cre That's why Agatha got her own theme song and her own television opening because it's she is part of the show. And I thought about that. And, you know, you and I talked about that because mm -hmm. I, I, I have no idea if that's what they're going to do. But I love the theory because yeah. then somebody was saying to me, they said, you know, every movie has ended in tragedy for Wanda, yeah. you know, and like the Ultron battle uh, loses her brother in the um, in the battle in Infinity War battle loses Vision. Right. So she's created a bad guy now. So her and Vision can team up and fight the bad guy yeah. and win the day. And because WandaVision needs a villain again. I am in no way, shape, or form convinced that's what they're going to do, mm. but I love the theory. I think it sounds awesome. It's Where cool are you theory. on that right now? 
That's a really cool theory. And I started thinking, you know what, you're right. She hasn't had a good ending. Like, you know, Iron Man ended well. He came home. He saved the day. He, you know, accepted it, announced he was Iron Man. But for her, I thought to myself, if this ends well, what would that look like? Right. And I think it would look like acceptance and kind of helping someone else that that's in the hex one of those characters is dealing with something tough too the the workplace guy his dad was sick you know yep. everyone's hurting so maybe she can help someone else realize that they need to accept something and and instead of it being a, a really good ending it could be like this acceptance and like now i need to move on but then where would we go for dr strange too so. i'm still thinking this is gonna end badly oh, no. oh, really no. <laughs> badly all right what's next war doctor 10 says hi john and crew so i think that the spider-man cast is trolling everyone with these titles i mean first it was spider-man phone home then home wrecker and finally home slice all coming from the main three's instagram accounts thoughts i don't know if you saw this earlier like last night leading in today, but the three main cast, uh, Zendaya, Jacob Bartolone, and, and Tom Holland, the three main characters in Spider-Man, they released all on their Instagram accounts this new picture from the movie with, with like the three characters in the basement. And they said, swipe right to see the new title. Can't wait. And Tom Holland's was phone Spider-Man phone home. Jacob Bartolone's was Spider-Man homewrecker. Was it homewrecker? Yeah. And Zendaya's was home slice. It's like, that was so funny. Okay. Like when Tom Holland put out phone home, I'm like, that's a weird one, but okay. And I bought into it. I but almost was, thought that was because <laughs> you know, right. There's nothing wrong with that title. Like phone home. Okay. There's something, maybe a little alien connection or something. And then as soon as Jacob put out his, it's like, okay, so this is clearly all thing. Then they announced the actual title today, which is of course, no way home. So the new one is called Spider-Man, no way home. So yes, the moment, like when Tom put the first one out, I thought, I bought into it. It's like, oh, okay, that's the title. As soon as the other ones came out, it's fake. But I don't know, what do you think about the title No Way Home? What does that what does that tell you? What does oh, that how God. does that speak to your soul? It what does that tell you? It speaks to my soul that the first thing, and I know this probably might not happen, the first thing I thought is that I don't care what they've said about Andrew Garfield and Tommy McGuire not in it. I thought there would be a multiverse situation. Right. There would be some switch ups. And before, you know, the portal could allow him to go home, it would close. And it would be like. So you think it's connected to multiverse? Stuck. That, that I, the word... I feel like it has to. No right. way home. What do you you lost your GPS? Like Friday's not working today. Like what or you know what was what was the new? Maybe one? his what car gets stolen. AI. I don't know. Maybe his car gets stolen. It could be. I mean, the Spider-Man movies have been so funny. Yeah. So maybe it could be like throughout the movie they just carry the thing of like every opportunity to get home it gets screwed up and screwed up. But it is probably up. multiverse. But I, I mean, I'm thinking probably. multiverse. Probably. All right. What's next? Canadian singing postie says, "Okay, okay." You all are giving us posties a bad name with this Wanda poster guy. He looks like he's doing his job diligently and seems to put a smile on everyone's face. Gives comforting advice. I mean, come on. We work hard and are not shady at all. Oh, no. No, you're all shady. You're all shady. All of you. Every postman. I, I just know there's something. They're just trying to scope out my house. That's it. Every time I see a postman. No, no. Seriously, though. But I think it's what it is, though. It's the lines that he's saying. Like when the kids are looking for their dog and he says something along the lines, your mom won't let anything happen or something along those lines, right? So it's not just that he's a friendly poet. There's, 
It's the little things, Posty. It's the little things. All right, what's next? Jake H. says, I rewatched Age of Ultron, and in it, they bring up Nexus. They say it's an information center of some sorts. Since Nexus is already in the MCU, I doubt it's the multiverse tie-in link. Is it in the comics? Hey, the, honestly, the, the thing that they mention in Ultron is not what they're talking about in this commercial. Listen, Nexus is actually a standard word. It can apply to a thousand different things. So just because one thing was referred to as a Nexus in that movie doesn't mean that must be the same thing they're talking about. It's not. This The Nexus of all realities is a totally different thing than the thing they were talking about. And clearly the way they described it in the commercial, don't like your life in this thing? Try it in a different thing. I mean, clearly it's a reference to the Nexus of all realities. So yeah, I understand they did mention the word Nexus before. No connection here. At least I'll be completely shocked if there was. All right, what's next? Westview's HR department says, <laughs> I like that. That's name. hilarious. New WandaVision theory. Wanda is controlling all of us like puppets tangled in strings. We think we're watching a little fun TV show, but really, we're just inside the hex. It's all hail overlord Wanda. Hashtag Rob is Mephisto. It's a giant social experiment. We are actually all in Wanda's hex. And we are all like, we're going to be watching this thing. And then somehow Kevin Feige's found a way to take control of the web cameras in her house. And we're going to be watching it. And Wanda's going to say, I can see through the dimensions. Who's the villain. And then your own face is going to pop up on the TV through some sort of webcam, giant, giant social commentary, uh, experiment here by Kevin Feige. The man is brilliant. All right. What's next. Patrick says, hi, John, just a tip that Mina Masood's name is said Masood. Rhymes with dude. Hope he is the next Ezra. I was told, because I remember when he was coming to star in Aladdin, I had never heard of the gentleman, mm -hmm. and I was told the proper pronunciation was Masoud. Hmm. Um, but but I, I don't care. It's not my name, so I don't care. Masoud. Look, I'm going to stick with Masoud just because I was told that that was it. But I, if I'm corrected again by a few people that it is Masoud, then I will, I will alter that. Either way. I like this kid. I really liked him in Aladdin. And if he is Ezra, and I am by no way, shape, or form confirming that he is, but if he is, it's a nice casting. It's going to be good to see him in another thing. All right, what's next? Coming from Dark Knight Rises. Hi, John. I would like to send you a Texas flag for your studio if you would put it up. I would not put it up. Uh, the only flag that goes in any of my rooms is not a California flag. It's not a province of Ontario flag. It's not uh, any, no, it's the Canadian flag. That is the only flag that goes up in my room. But thank you very much. I mean, I would take it and treasure it and keep it, but no, I would not go up in my studio. Just being honest with you, just letting you know. All right, what's next? Guillaume LaBelle says, hey, John and Rob, just finished watching the Superman and Lois pilot. And to my surprise, it's a pretty good start. I know you've been burned by the soups before, but I do think you'd like it. Not a big CW fan myself, but it looks promising. So I reviewed on the John Campus show a little bit earlier today, the first episode of Superman and Lois. Of course, this Superman is somebody that the CW up to this point has continuously bent over and crapped all over. They have completely misused this character with the utmost of disrespect every single chance they've had. However, I was told by somebody I know that I really should give the pilot episode a shot. I did. And to my surprise, it's much better than I thought it would be. It is much better than I thought it would be. However, it's not great because it is, I, and I said this in the show earlier today, it suffers from multiple personality disorder. The first half of the pilot really felt like an HBO show. And I mean that as the highest compliment because I believe HBO is the king of the hill when it comes to making original content. 
Unfortunately, when you get into the second half of the pilot, it started feeling like very familiar CW show. And so I, I, but I, Hey, listen again, at the end of the day, it was way better than I thought it would be. And I will be interested to see episodes two and three to see, do they stay more HBO ish or do they continue down the CW ishness of it? We'll wait and see. All right. Thanks for that. What's next? Preston the Kryptonian says, so if the MCU existed in the same universe as Back to the Future during the first episode when the sitcom is set in the 50s and Evan Peters arrives at that time, old man Peabody would have shown up with his shotgun <laughs> and shouted, take that, you mutated son of a bitch, and ran him off. I guess that's why mutants X-Men can't get a break in the MCU. Look, Preston, I'm, all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if the nexus of all realities actually is coming into play here in the show, never know. You you could see, you see a younger Doc Brown come walking through there and s proclaiming great Scott. I don't know. I'm just saying these things are on the table, Preston. These things are on the table. All right. What's next? Oscar Luca class of 98 says, hey, John. So I heard that WB plans to do a gender switch with their upcoming Plastic Man, a.k.a. Plastic Woman film. My question is, do you think this is a good move on their part to switch genders for this iconic DC comedy character, or will it backfire on WB? Well, uh, uh, Oscalusa, I got to ask you what your definition of iconic is, because ain't nobody knows who the fuck Plastic Man is. Sorry, nobody knows or cares who Plastic Man is. They just don't. There's a few select of us who do. A bunch of people watching this show and the, the type of people who would watch this show probably do. Other than that, nobody gives a crap. Uh, this is not Superman. This is not Captain America. This is not Wonder Woman. And it is not Batman. It's Plastic Man. And aside from that, my understanding of it is that um, I think this is, if I heard it right... This is going to be a character that is in the same world as Plastic Man, but she's going to be something different. Look, to me, it's it's always been this. When it comes to particular characters, when it comes to their gender, ethnicity, whatever, I don't give a shit. I really don't care. The only thing I really care about when it comes to fictitious make-believe characters is take the core essential DNA of who and what makes that character unique. If you take those things and apply them to an actor, great. And if one of those key essential things is their eye color, fine. But if one of the if it is not the core essential thing to understand about this character is their eye color, then who cares if the actor has a different eye color? Who cares that the actor has a different hair color? Who cares if the actor has a different color skin? And who the hell cares if they have a dick or not? It doesn't matter most of the time. Most of the time. There are exceptions, of course, but with plastic man, again, I just question your use of the word iconic. And by the way, I'm not crapping over the plastic man character. I'm just stating a fact, you know, my litmus test of what the general movie going audience cares about is my mom. Cause my mom's a big movie fan, but she's not like hard, hardcore. And if I go and ask my mom, mom, you know, who plastic man is, she ain't gonna know who plastic man is. Maybe she's heard the name. She has no idea who that is. So nah, I don't think it matters. Like at the end of the day, the only way this is going to backfire is if it's a terrible movie. And if it's a terrible movie, it's a terrible movie. But if it's a terrible movie, it would have been terrible whether they make this character male or female anyway. If the movie's great, it won't be because they changed the genders of, of, a, of a character. It'll be because the movie's great. So 
To me, it's much ado. I'll be honest. Now, if we were talking about Superman or if we were talking about Captain America, there'd be more of a discussion to have. But we're talking about... I feel like Alan Iverson. Practice? We're talking about... Plastic Man? We're talking about Plastic Man? Uh, No. So, no. To me, it's not a deal. It's not a big deal. All right. What's next? David B. says, why does no one else see the truth about Evan Peters? It's obvious that casting has never seen an X-Men movie, and casting him was, as Bob Ross says, a happy little accident. Just kidding. You guys are awesome. Listen, I nobody believes this. And I, I admit, with recent episodes, I'm starting to be a little bit shaky in my own convictions. But right from the beginning, I thought the casting of Evan Peters in this role is just a massive misdirect for the fans. He's just not going to be the Fox X-Men thing. Now, again, last couple episodes, especially Wanda and Vision saying he's an imposter is making me think maybe he's not. So I'm starting to be a little shaky myself, but we'll see how this turns out. Two episodes left, my friends. Two episodes left. All right, what's next? Is Superman and Lois good, says. <laughs> it's finally here. The jobber has his show. All jokes aside, I watched the pilot and I'm super impressed on how they found a new way to explore the Superman character. By the end, they won me over. Feels more Man of Steel than CW, and it's actually about Superman. Yeah, again, they did a number of things in here that were way better than I thought. I, I love the angle of like, he's a father of two teenage boys. Sometimes they don't like him. Sometimes they're angry at him. And he's just trying to figure out and find his way. Listen, that was the HBO part of it. And I really did like it. And, you know, the passing of Ma Kent and, you know, the whole going home thing. Listen, there was was a lot of things they did well. I think the villain looked really stupid. And I don't like the fact that Superman's very first fight, he just literally can't even get in a shot. He just literally has his ass completely handed to him from pillar to post. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. CW doesn't know how to put Superman in something without getting him thoroughly trashed. Like, not even a close fight. It's cool if he loses a close fight, just trash. But I will say, I I was pleasantly surprised, and I will be curious to see where the next two episodes go. All right, what's next? Aaron Nonaka says, hi, John. WandaVision Theory. We got a mid-credit season in episode eight because of the 2010s setting... I'm going to start that over. Hi, John. This is not an easy one to read. Vision Theory. We got a mid-credits scene in episode eight because of the 2010s setting that was when mid-post-credits scenes became the norm. Thoughts? Love your doc. Um, I, by the way, it was episode seven. Um, it's an interesting theory. No, I, I, what I just don't think they wanted to do was have to have nine post-credit scenes in the thing, right? So I think they just waited till episode seven. But the the note, and by the way, post-credit scenes were around long before that. I mean, you just go back to um, um, uh, so-and-so's day off, um, uh, Ferris Bueller's day off. Just go back to Ferris Bueller's day off. That had a post-credit scene. That was like way before that. But, I mean, it's, it's an interesting theory way to look at it, Aaron. And I do think we are going to get post-credit scenes in episode 8 and 9 now that they broke the seal. All right, what's next? B.W. Rosas, 1979-98, Walmer says, Hey, John, so this year will mark 35 years since the animated Transformers film came out. My question to you are, one... Do you get a chance to see in theaters? Two, do you think it deserves the backlash it gets because of the violent scene in it by parents? Um, I never did get to watch it. I, I didn't watch it in theater. No, I watched it after the fact. 
Uh, I've never heard backlash. I've, I, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I personally wasn't aware of it. I, I was not aware of backlash from parents, but it got a hell of a lot of backlash from me. Um, I am, I grew up as a Transformers kid. I bought, so, so this is true. Okay. Tell me, you know, teenage girl, you meet a, you meet a young guy who does this and tell me if your first thought is I got to date this guy. So what I would do is I would buy every Transformer, right? Okay. And they came in these boxes where they had a box with a, the, uh, an illustrated thing of the character on the front of the box. Then on the back of the box was this uh, template showing their power levels, intelligence, strength, firepower, leadership, nice. right? Uh, with another portrait of the character in a description. So what I would do is um, I would buy these toys and then I would cut out the animate the, uh, the the illustrated thing from the front and then cut off the back of the box and I would put them up on my bedroom wall. So I would have... You know, I, I would have Thundercracker. An encyclopedia of things. My whole yeah. wall was covered with Transformers power levels and blah, blah, blah. Now, this may surprise you and all the audience at home. I never had a lot of young ladies coming into my room when I was uh, when I was younger. But nonetheless, I was a Transformers kid. I love them. That's awesome. And then the Transformers animated movie came out. And I remember I said this when my wife Ann was still working at Hasbro. Hasbro. <laughs> because here's what they did. The animated Transformers movie, while having some very good music in it, was nothing but Hasbro giving a giant FU double effers to all the kids who had spent a couple of years and all of their allowance money buying their Transformers mm -hmm. toys. So you know what they did in this movie? In the first five minutes of the Transformers animated film, they killed all the Transformers. All of them. Optimus Prime. I mean, everyone, all the Autobots, all my favorites, what? all everything. They killed them all. With but a, with, why? A, with a couple, just with a couple of like Bumblebee didn't die, but there was, was like insane. all the rest of Bumblebee and Jazz. Bumblebee's I think Bumblebee and Jazz were the only two Autobots. There's like 40 others killed. Uh, some of the Decepticons survived, but basically, the first five to ten minutes of Transformers movie is them killing all the Transformers. And then having a new generation of Transformers there. So it was Hasbro going, hey, kids, you know all that money you spent? All your allowance? You know how you supported our thing? Yeah, guess what? They're all dead now, kids. You have to go out and buy these new toys now. That's traumatizing. You got to you gotta go out and get Cup. That sucks. There was, there was a Transformers named Cup. K-U-P. But was he a Cup that no. turns into like... No, he was some oh, then that's lame. alien-looking car. And I remember as a kid, and they're telling me that's I should go buy a cup. Nice. And I'm like, what the fuck is a cup? And I didn't care. That's like starting a movie with Infinity War and then going into X-Men. Yes. Now, some good things <laughs> came out of it. Why? Some good things came out. I mean, in that movie, Megatron sort of dies, but really he's remade by Unicron into a new version called Galvatron. And Galvatron was very cool. But then you had these stupid Decepticon things like the sweeps, the sweeps, which were just ridiculous. And, every, and so I... So I'm not aware, B.W. Rosa, of parental backlash from violence. I'm, I'm not sure because Transformers shows were always violent. They get backlash from me because that whole movie was a giant PR company. It was the, an entire marketing department just saying, let, it was the marketing department that made that movie because they just kill everybody, replace them all with new toys and say, go ahead, kids, throw out those toys you used to have. Now go buy the new ones. I hated them for that. I can just mad. see little John 
yelling at his wall, going, damn you, and then just crunching all of your no, little tags. I just down. like, well, they killed Why? you, and they killed you. Take that one down, and they killed you. They took that. I was so mad. I hated them. I hate, I'm so mad at them for so long. So mad, mad for, for so long. All right. Sorry, I went off on that a little bit longer than I should have. What's next? Omar from the Bronx says, hey, fellas, with the MCU being based in science and our most powerful Earth-based heroes being infused with cosmic artifacts, won't mutants be a little out of place? Telekinesis and controlling metal from mutation seems implausible in the current MCU. Well, the God of Thunder from Asgard is a little implausible as well. I mean, listen... Iron Man started with Tony Stark literally in a cave, hammering metal and soldering wires together and making, you know, the Mark One, and then updating that once he got home to the Mark II. And then we went from that to Infinity War, where it's not even an Iron Man suit anymore. And now it's just magic. John, it's called nanotech. No, that's not how nanotechnology works. It's magic. It's not a thing. Yeah. The Iron Man suit in Infinity War and Endgame turned into magic. I mean, it's just, just straight up. It just turned into magic. It's like, wait a minute. Your your magic nano suit has like magic healing foam. Remember, he's got that big stab wound. Good thing I got the magic healing foam. It's like, really? That was just hiding around in your little nanotech? Anyway, so no, the idea of mutants, if anything, the idea uh -huh. of mutants is actually more... Uh, to use a phrase from Robert Meyer Burnett, verisimilitude. It feels more real. Genetic That's mutation that we change, we evolve, and it costs certain things. So, no, I, I think it'll fit. Here's my question, though. Yes, sir. In a world that is already filled with superpowered beings, hmm. why would anybody care if somebody was a mutant or not? Now, I've asked this question about the comic books, too. It's like, because, you know, the society is supposed to fear and hate mutants, and mutants yeah. fight for a world that, that, that fear and hate them. At least the X-Men do. Yeah. But it's like everywhere you look in the MCU universe, there's 45 people with superpowers. Is the society really going to go, wait a minute, this one has superpowers, but he was born with them. We hate them. That's going to be the harder part going into that. Like, have you developed any theories of your own how they're going to bring X-Men into this whole thing since they haven't existed I, there so far? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the way um, I think it bothers people because the way Iron Man happened, and especially if you're like, you like to deep dive into Instagram and YouTube and you see that people are actually making real like Iron Man suits is because it feels so grounded. It feels like this could be real. I mean, obviously there's a breaking point where it's like, it could be real and that's not going to be real, right, but right, right. it feels so, so real. So when you just start with magic, it's like, oh, well, eh. but, um, I think mutation makes sense. Um, and I, I really feel like with what Wanda's doing, it, it makes so much sense for mutation to occur. Be but again, I know we're a couple of years off, but I feel like the hex could be a great jumping point to mutation because when people come out of it, just like, you know, stuff happened to Monica when she went in. Right. When people come out and get married and have kids or wh what have you. Mutation totally makes sense. I'm a product of the hex. I'm a product of the hex. I'm a product of the hex. See, the, makes sense to me. Yeah, and you're not alone. There's a bunch of people that have the theory. The reason I don't like that uh -huh. is because the whole idea about mutation is supposed to be the next natural evolution. It's supposed to be mm. a natural thing. And that's yeah. that's yeah. why it was always the allegory with Stan Lee, right? Like, it's, like Stan Lee always said it was the, that the X-Men was an allegory of um, of, of uh, racial injustice in the American and stuff like that. And that's why that. they were always emphasized that 
this was just part of evolution. They just, they didn't happen to them. There wasn't a magic hex that made them that way. It was natural. Yeah. Like just over the generations, the next stage of human evolution happens. And that's what they call homo superior. Uh, it's what they call their mutants is homo superior instead of homo. We're homo sapiens then emerges. So we had the, you know, homo, homo sapiens emerge from the previous evolution. And then now coming out of homo sapien is homo superior. And so, so they could be going with the hex thing. I just think it kind of betrays that. What are you thinking now? I, you got the I, gears moving. I had a thought. Beep, boop, boop, boop. I had a thought. Okay, so you know how um, uh, Vision's work work buddy was like, my dad is sick and my sister's taking care of him. Yeah. And it's uh, to me, I'm like, why did he mention that? Probably to, to humanize the people and go, hey, these Ooh, are real living people. Yeah. But also, if the mutants have been laying dormant this whole time, like, look, let's not call attention. People get freaked out. But what if one of them has a family member in the hex and they're like, you know what? This whole of these Avengers have gotten out of hand. I'm going to have to use my powers. I don't care who care who sees it, but my dad is in there and she's turned his mind and or my brother's in there. And, you know, what if one of the mutants is related to someone in the head? So you're and suggesting they think it's like, maybe they're going to say the mutants have been there the whole time. I now now theory. that just. Yeah, because because with there. the Avengers, it's like, oh, I'm I'm a mutant. Uh, let me show my powers and help people. And then Iron Man comes along, and you're like, oh, phew, glad I didn't have to show my powers. Look, these Avengers guys got it. But now you you want to take my family member and and put them in your little TV show for your own good? Oh, I'm going to have to show down. The problem with that though is if there are thousands of mutants out there, not That's one of them has true. used them to rob a bank or to do like accidentally showed off their power. I don't know. I get there's I don't have any better theory. I have yeah. no better theories. Your theory is as good as any I've heard and certainly yeah, better than any of mine. Yeah. But it's going to be tricky what Kevin Feige has to pull off here. All right. What's next? Kiss My Ax says, hey, John, I had to do 76 double takes when I looked at the NHL standings and saw your Toronto Maple Leafs number one. Do you think it's finally your team's time to shine? Thanks and keep bringing that sweet maple syrup filthy. I said two years ago when people started getting excited about them, I said they're not ready. They're not ready. Give them a, a couple more years. They've added, obviously, like the cap. They've added a couple of very key pieces. I... I don't see it yet. I don't see it yet. I don't think this is their year. But I do see they are poised really well. Their contracts are structured well. Um, they have great young talent as well. Mixture build. Plus, we've got some really good free agency coming up. I actually think Toronto right now, maybe more than any time in my lifetime, is positioned for a good five or six year run of success. And in one of those years, it could be, I still don't think it's this year. But I think it could be to come. But I'd rather not talk about it because I don't want to jinx it. The Toronto Maple Leafs have not made it to the Stanley Cup Finals the entire time I have drawn breath on this earth. So I don't want to jinx it quite yet. So, yeah. Anyway, what's next? Andy Hong says, I thought the idea of a Superman and Lois TV series was a dumb idea, especially since they were using the Superman from the Arrowverse. I wasn't looking forward to it at all. Then I saw the pilot episode and I couldn't believe this show was developed and produced by Greg Berlanti. Who does the same who does the same for Supergirl? The show was an excellent balance of Zack Snyder's Man of Steel and Richard Donner's Superman. The pilot episode is incredible and made me reminisce of Man of Steel. In fact, I have a sudden urge to rewatch Man of Steel. I kept asking myself throughout the entire pilot, this Superman jobs to Supergirl. 
I'm still in disbelief that this show is the Arrowverse because it's way more mature and nuanced than those other shows. And it looks like HBO Max made this let me scroll show instead of the CW. I hope they never cross over with any of the CW shows because it would be so tonally distracting and weighed down by the declining quality of the other shows. And we all know we just have to job to Supergirl again. Again, this this goes right back to the thing. This was, Andy, much better than I thought it would be. Now, I did not think it was fantastic because half of it, again, it seems split personality. Half of it felt like an HBO show. Half of it kind of CW show. Like uh, how, how the boys suddenly were like, I think there's something alien about us. Wait, what? What? Because you didn't get hurt when something happened when there could have been other explanations. But that aside, there's still a lot of CW DNA in there. But that said, it does have a lot of promise. It really does. And I like the general approach. Again, for me, I'm not going to um, jump to any conclusion about it till I see in episodes two and three. I think we got a taste, but we need a couple more episodes, I think, to see what is this show really going to be. And I suspect it won't be good, but it started off pretty good. And that's way better than I thought it would be. So I'm going to be very curious, Andy, to see who goes. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much, man. Let's see which way this thing goes. All right. What's next? Amir says, hey, guys, my dad died 13 years ago today. And every year I watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, that's awesome. It means more to me than any other film because it's the film my dad took me to watch. We actually went to watch Batman 89 that day, but it was sold out. It's the only film we ever saw together at the cinema. So anytime I see it on TV, all those memories come rushing back. Even today, 30 plus years later, whenever it's on, I turn to my wife and say, my dad took me to watch this. Well, that's one of the, the beautiful, look, we, we've talked about this before. I, you guys know my story. Like I went to my, my best friend growing up died a couple of years ago. And I will always think about he and I taking the bus downtown Hamilton to go see Tim Burton's Batman uh, as kids. And now whenever I see any incarnation of Batman, I think of my buddy. And that's one of the beautiful things about movies. I always say that movies are experiential events. As such, like any experience, they're best done with other people. And when you share those experiences, there's nothing more powerful than shared experiences. And they stay with us. And so we constantly get people writing in, like yourself, Amir, writing in to say, you know, uh, my uncle took me to see this when I was a kid and I think of him and, and, and so on and so forth. And that for you, Amir, first of all, uh, how fortuitous that that movie was a movie like Indiana Jones and the last crusade, which I personally think is the best Indiana Jones movie. Uh, that is awesome. I actually had somebody write in once and say, yeah, my uncle, I still think when I went into this movie, but it was a really crappy movie. He said too bad. It's this really crappy movie. You got Indiana Jones and the last crusade, which is awesome. So that is a beautiful memory. Thank you for sharing that with us. And that is one of the powerful things about movies as well. And again, man, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that very much. All right. What's next? Brian Learn Stuff says, we've all been distracted with Evan Peters and the X-Men, even the F4. I think we are getting a bigger cameo than any of us have thought so far. I honestly think we might just get Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker from a multiverse as the engineer. Nah. I, I, hmm. Tope, huh? oh, 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 there was part two. Sorry There's about that. Mo there's more. 
Uh, Toby is still Peter, but being pulled from the multiverse places him into the role of an aero engineer with a mind wipe. So, one, this covers the Luke Skywalker level cameo, and two, solves for the X-Men five-year plan issue, leads into Spider-Man 3 home slice. Okay, it's it's an excellent, first of all, Brian, well done, like, articulating that, putting it together. No way, and I'll tell you why. There's There's a couple things. Let's start with the biggest and most obvious one. The engineer is somebody Monica knows well and trusts and all that kind of stuff. This would not fit into that. That that goes contradictory to what Monica was saying about the engineer. This needs to be somebody that Monica knows, has worked with, and trusts, and knows can get that job done. And that's not Peter Parker. Peter Parker has never been an aerospace engineer. Um, so so that is that as well. Secondly... If Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire are going to show up, and that's not a definite thing that they will, but if they do, it'll be in Spider-Man. There's simply no narrative connection between uh, Peter Parker and anything that's going on in WandaVision. Like, you want to say Count Mordo, well, there's a connection, right? If you want to say Blue Marvel, there's a connection. There's narrative connections there. There is none with that. Now, again, preface that by saying what we say with every question, anything is possible. So who knows, man? They might. They might. But I think because that would be contradictory to what Monica already said about the engineer, on top of that fact that there's no narrative connection there between these characters and what that one would be, I think it's unlikely and it'll probably be somebody else. Maybe Magneto, highly unlikely, but wouldn't that shake the world? Maybe somebody else like that, I, but I just don't think it's going to be him. But I love the way, Brian, you constructed that theory. That's well laid out, man. That is well laid out. And if it does end up being that, I will remember you said it first. All right, what's next? Anonymous says, John, you say that Vision and Wanda saying that Pietro is an imposter makes you think that he could be the X-Men Pietro. But one thing has nothing to do with the other. He could be an imposter, not Marvel Pietro, and be the X-Men Quicksilver. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's possible. And that is what most people think. Most people think exactly what you just said. Um, but again, I think that that's all a misdirect. Now I, I could be wrong and you know, everything that they're saying is making me think maybe I am wrong, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick with it until it's proven that I'm wrong. Like I did with the Agatha thing. Like I, I didn't think Agnes was Agatha. I thought it was too obvious and too on the nose. And I stuck with that until they showed us in the show. Yep. She is Agatha Harkness. And I'm going to do that one with Quicksilver as well. I mean, listen, I've had a lot of my theories confirmed in the show. I've had a number of them debunked. And I'm sure in the next two episodes, I will have several others confirmed and several others debunked. Maybe this will be one. But I'm still, for now, sticking with he ain't the uh, Pietro from the X-Men universe. I'm sticking with it. All right, what's next? The Marvel detective says... Hey, John, as the best detective in the MCU, I've been working quietly in the background, solving mysteries and debunking theories. However, WandaVision has recently presented me with a mindfuck of a case, but I have worked closely and diligently. Hold on. Let me scroll, scroll, scroll. I think it's the anonymous one next. Ah, Wanda stole Vision's remains to bury them in the Westview area, and Agatha manipulates Wanda into creating the Hex. The engineer is Adam Brashar. That's Blue Marvel. Wanda will end the series as the antagonist and be given the name Scarlet Witch by the end. Yeah, that Rob was saying that a little bit earlier today, that uh, she'll be named Scarlet Witch at the end. The, the Here's the thing. I don't think, right now, I don't think Agatha had anything to do with the creation of the Hex. 
I think Agna, Agnes inserted herself into the hex because yep. remember when they were playing with it was Agatha all along. You see her arriving into the hex. The mm-hmm. hex was already there. Now it could be they didn't show us everything in the opening Agatha song, so mm-hmm. maybe there's that. But I am still right now of the mind that Wanda created the hex mm-hmm. for her own reasons, and we have somebody like Agnes and maybe somebody else as well trying to manipulate and take advantage of that. We're see where are you on that right now? The, I totally you're agree. I think because if you think of it, who who's been watching her? Because if right. somebody else is involved, somebody has been watching her very closely to see um one, they're probably wondering like, oh, this girl with the powers, but I don't know what the experiment was um, that happened in Sokovia. Did somebody open a magical book and cast spells over her? Was that the experiment or did they inject something? No, like, all we like know. Like the experiment. All we know is that they had the, the staff it. with the stone in it. Yeah. Yeah. So so somebody's been watching, um, but I think they took advantage of her own situation. And it, you know what it makes me think of? She might have been. This, I mean, this is so specific, but it's like someone that's missing someone and you got a snow globe in your hand. Mm, and if you had yeah. magical powers, like no one's looking around. Oh, I just want to make this little snow globe, you know, the neighborhood I wish I had. And the, the <laughs> witch might have been like, oh, you do, do you? Why don't you make it bigger? Right. And then, you know, just leech off of her. I don't know. I don't know. I don't so know. many theories. So, <laughs> so many, many theories. So many. All right. What's next? The Marvel Detective says, would love to see you have a conversation with Eric Voss, new Rockstars on YouTube, and Rob Jefferson, Comics Explained on YouTube, and Geek Over Marvel Theory. Yeah, I'm familiar with both of their work. I mean, I, I don't know either of these gentlemen, like, at all, but I'm, I'm familiar with both of their work. And, yeah, that, that sounds – I don't do many, if any, collaborations. I'm not, I'm not into doing that. But uh, those uh, – yeah, that, would, that one would be something. That one would certainly be something. All right, what's next? James Lockman says, Aloha, John and Rob. My two favorite Hail Bretas. Did I say that right? I'm not sure. Hail Bretas. Okay. Last night, I watched movie trailers, a love oh, story. Oh, thank you, man. I thought it was great. I didn't rent it. I purchased it. I love supporting people and content that bring me comfort, joy, laughter, and happiness. Let me go to the second part. And only worsened my withdrawals for wanting to be in a movie theater, which I mentioned in yesterday's show. Damn you, Campia. <laughs> LOL. It was great. The first thing I'd ask friends when they went to the movies was what movie trailers did they show? Yeah. And well, first of all, James, thanks a lot for giving me an opportunity to plug uh, to plug my movie, which is, of course, movie trailers, a love story. Spent most That's of 2020, good. pretty much all of 2020 making my movie, movie trailers, a love story. Uh, it is now available worldwide. Any country you live in, you can get it at vimeo.com slash on demand slash movie trailers. Or if you live in the US or the UK, you can simply go to Amazon and actually watch it on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for movie trailers, a love story, and you should be able to find it there. So thank you so much for that. And yeah, listen, yeah, often with my friends and everything too, the first question comes up, what, what trailers played? You know, you get there on time for the trailers because you want to watch the trailers, all that kind of stuff. And of course, so my my movie basically is a look at the history of trailers, how they came to be, why we even call them trailers, the significant evolution points of them through the years, why they're important today, some of the controversies surrounding them today and all that kind of stuff. 
I got some wonderful people were, were participating in it with me. And uh, thank you to all of you guys who have already checked it out. And thank you, James, for being the latest to do so. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you very much. All right. What's next? Fabian Vegas says, hey, guys, what are your thoughts on 2013's About Time starting Domhnall Gleeson and Rachel McAdams? Lovely film with a strong message and the ending always makes me emotional. Thanks. Listen, I, you know, the time travel stuff, I'm not down, but I got told by many people that that was I was a little bit late to the party back in the day when that came out. First of all, love Rachel McAdams. Good Canadian girl. Love her. And then Donald Gleeson. Uh, I never knew how to pronounce Donald's name until I was talking to him one time. And he said, okay, you know the word tonal? Yeah. Just think of that with a D. Oh, Donal. Because oh, I, okay. I, I call him Dom Hall. I call him Dom Hall and stuff like okay. that. Donal. Donal. Yes. Donal. Um, like it. Donal. Of Donal. course. And he is the son of one of my favorite character actors in Hollywood, uh, Brennan Gleeson, who has scored Amish in, in uh, Braveheart. And he pops up in like every other movie that comes out as well. So they're actually father and son. Love them. I really like this movie. I like it a lot. It's one of those few ones that, that kind of utilize the time travel trope a little bit that I actually really enjoy and that I really liked. And uh, yeah, not one of my favorite movies of all time, but I did enjoy it. Have you ever seen? I did see that. You did? Um, yeah, I thought it was cute. Yeah, because I was, I remember it was when Rachel McAdams was like everywhere. Um, and I thought it was so like, it's like a rainy day movie. It's one of those movies that you should yeah. play it's when, when it's raining, heart. like bust out the tea and, and put that on. Yeah, it's got heart and charm it's and it makes charming. you smile when it needs to. Yeah, I liked it a lot. All right, what's next? Benny S says, I'm so hyped for Mortal Kombat that I went back and rewatched Mortal Kombat Legacy. <laughs> One and two on YouTube. These are great reimaginings of the universe. Even bringing back Shang Tsung from the original film. It's not as good as Street Fighter Assassin's first one and two. And does he continue? Let me see here. Uh, ah. Star starring Christian Howard, Joey Anish. Ansaw, sorry, and Mike Mo, IMO, but definitely worth a watch. Have you seen either of these? I recommend Street Fighter AF at least. These are proof that video game adaptations not only can work, but can be awesome. Uh, sorry to say, Benny, I didn't like either of them. I, was, I wasn't a big fan of either the Mortal Kombat legacy stuff, nor of the Street Fighter stuff. But hey, that's just me. They don't work for me. But I am pretty much all in on this new Mortal Kombat movie. I am pretty much all in on it. That trailer, I mean, the trailer wasn't as good as the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer, but I mean, it was a damn good trailer. It got me excited about seeing it. I've always been kind of cautiously optimistic about it just because it's a first-time director and a first-time writer. And hey, the movie might suck, but that trailer did a very good job selling me on it. So no, I, I didn't like the animated stuff. And I say that as a fan of the original movie. But I'm not a fan of the anime stuff. That's just me. That doesn't mean other people shouldn't be, but that's just the way it was for me. All right. What's next? Jay Meister 25 says, fun facts. The exterior house set for Agnes's house is the exact same house that they used for Samantha's house in Bewitched. I did not know that. Mm. Also, her car has a Connecticut license plate, which is a nod to the Hartford Witch Triers, Trials, which predates the Salem Witch Trials. I You know what? I am constantly getting a bunch of people writing to me. Like somebody wrote in this one the other day that the license plate on the truck was actually the numbers representing Stan Lee's birthday, which I totally missed. Um, other people oh have, you gosh. know what one got pointed out to me today? And I, I never noticed it. And I, I need to go to my TV and watch this. Now I have to rewatch. Every episode 
You know, they start with previously on WandaVision. Yeah. They, somebody pointed this out to me today and I've never noticed it. They say, listen to them. Every episode that starts with previously on WandaVision, which is Wanda's voice, it gets less and less enthusiastic as you go. And so it's like previously on WandaVision and then previously on WandaVision, then previously on WandaVision, then previously on WandaVision. And I'm like, I never noticed that. I said, is that true? And I went and I asked the audience, I'm like, is this true guys? And like everybody in the live chat is, yep. And I'm like, I I never even noticed. I need now to go back to see that because I mean, that's actually pretty cool. First thing I'm going to do as soon as I get home. But then there's a number of these like little things like these Samantha, like that was Samantha's house and be rich. I had no idea. See, this is why this is why it pays to watch closely. And although we theorize so much, there are, like I said, Marvel likes to reward the fans. There yes. are a lot of things. And now I got to go back and watch all seven before. How many hours do I have? We got like I got, what, I got 30 to watch hours them all. left. <laughs> we got somewhere around 30 hours left right now. So yeah, let's keep moral. All right. What's next? Univision says, love the WandaVision talk and all, but let's switch to sports. All right. What do you think the Patriots are going to do next year at QB? That's quarterback, right? Yes. <laughs> That's quarter. Hey, listen, at least I'm not a football girl. Um, bring back Cam. And do you hope for the next for the team next year? IMO, it's time to rebuild. You're not getting Watson and the and the divisions harder than ever. Yeah, listen, I when they lost Brady, uh, I I knew that that's well. No, I didn't think that was it. I didn't think that's it. Like no playoffs. I never thought that until they got Cam Newton. Once they got Cam Newton, I'm like, this is going to be the first year in forever that they don't make the playoffs because Cam Newton, I'm sorry, is not very good. And that kind of got proved out this year. He's no Deshaun Watson. Um, he's he's no Tom Brady. He's no Wilson. He's no uh, whoever you want to go down. He's just not very good. And that proved out. They he Cam Newton will not be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots next year. It's not going to happen. Bilicek tried it. It didn't work. He's going to move on. Now, you're right. They're not going to get to Sean. And that's fine. And they're not going to get Wentz. He's already signed. So that's fine. And they're not going to get, you know, a lot of the quarterbacks are signed already. But a lot of the quarterbacks are still on the move. So I don't know if they're going to draft. But you're right. I think it is time for them to rebuild. Just accept you know, we're not going to make the playoffs this year. We're probably not going to playoffs next year. It is time to rebuild. Listen, they have had two decades of uncomparable success. At some point, you got to reload. And 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 it's just and that takes a couple of years to do and I think they just have to bite the bullet and say, "We know we're not going to make the playoffs. We're going to start drafting, start developing. We're going to bring in new players that may take a little while to get us there. We're going to make moves that set to set us up and in a couple of years we'll have some cap space." All that kind of stuff, but it is time to rebuild for them for now. So I do not see the playoffs in their future anytime soon. All right. Good question. Thanks for asking. What's next? Ryan Lawner says, for me, the really interesting part about the Tom Holland as Finn story is that it means Finn wasn't originally intended to be black. You have to wonder if they have the same issue finding a decent role for Holland's Finn. Um, I mean, here's the thing. What it tells me is that, remember we were talking a little bit earlier about is a character, is a core essential part, the key uniqueness of this character, what makes this character who they are, is it their eye color? Is it their skin color? Is it that their voice is high or their voice is low? Is it that they're six foot two or five foot 10? And if those things aren't part of the equation, 
then it opens up for you to just go and find a really talented person to put in there. And for a character like Finn, when you watch the Star Wars movies, you realize John Boyega's height, ethnicity, voice sound, eye color, hairstyle, none of that was important to who and what Finn was. And so they had flexibility with that character to just go out and thought, and remember, John Boyega was very, very hot at the time. You know, you just go out and get an actor that you think will be able to fill that role well and infuse their own personality into it. And so they were able to do that. And so I think you were probably going to see the same thing. Finn would have played the exact same role. They would have had the same struggles figuring out what they're doing with Finn as the struggles they figured trying to figure out what they were doing with uh, Daisy Ridley's character, Ray. Because at the end of the day, they had no flipping idea what to do with Ray. That's why they were completely changing directions. They had no long-term plan for any of them. And uh, they would have had the same thing even if it was Tom Holland. So that's kind of my take on that. All right, what's next? Uzi Vision says, do you think Feige has some involvement, obviously not a lot, in Sony's Spider-Verse, i.e. Venom and Morbius? Don't think Feige will let characters he has no control over inside MCU. If not, what is Sony doing? Like Ven like Venom, but making a Spider-Verse without Spider-Man? You can totally make a Spider-Verse without Spider-Man. I remember everybody said... Venom's never gonna work. No one's gonna see Venom. Venom's gonna flop. And I just copped on hearing this every single day. And I said, yes, it can. It'll work. And it's gonna do well. I never thought it would make $800 million. But lo and behold, it made $800 Like I knew it would be successful. It made $800 million and was damn fun. That was a damn fun movie. I had a really good time with that film. And I'm very much looking forward to Morbius. So yeah, they very much can do a form of a Spider-Verse without Spider-Man. You can't do Venom without Spider-Man. Guess what? They did Venom without Spider-Man. And it made a lot of money. And a lot of people liked it. Not everybody. Not everybody did. Totally fine. But it was a crowd pleaser of a movie. Um, I. It depends on what Sony and Marvel's plans are moving forward. If, if they do plan to be a little bit more connected, then I 1,000% believe Sony would bring in Kevin Feige to, to consult and, and look at things overall. Not give him final decision-making or anything like that, but I think they would absolutely take advantage of that. Bring him in, fill him in on what they're planning to do, get his input on the plans and all that kind of stuff. I, I think he's probably very much connected. But again, that all depends on how interconnected do they plan on doing this right now? We as a public don't know the answer to that. We make assumptions based on the fact that Michael Keaton popped up in the Morbius trailer and that we see a Spider-Man mural on a wall, but really we don't know the answer to that question yet. So that has a lot to do with it, but all other things being equal, if they do have future plans to be a little bit more interconnected, I completely believe that they're at the very minimum having Kevin Feige consult and making sure Kevin Feige is in on the loop as to what their plans are. And then how long does that plan go? Don't know. We'll find out as we move forward. All right. What's next? Paul Pascal says, hey, John, so we all know Baby Yoda eventually is going to show up again in The Mandalorian. Yep. Do you think when they show him again, either at the end of season three or season four, will he ever talk or show a little bit of growth? Thank you. And this is the way. Nope. <laughs> nope. And, and and they shouldn't. It, would, it wouldn't make any sense. Remember, this, this baby Yoda, this Grogu is 50 years old. It's 50 years old. So 
How much more development do you expect to see in just one-tenth of that? Mm. Less than one-tenth of that. Listen, they know what they've got. They have got a gold mine. Do you know how many baby Yoda things I have in this house? How many How many times I've gone to my door because there's a delivery there that Ann ordered of some form of a baby Yoda? So cute. A lot, right? They know that. And so what they don't want to have is a not-so-cute baby Yoda. No, I'm not like going to listen Groot. to you. Remember Mando? when they made Groot yeah, becomes a little, Yeah, they're not going to have baby Yoda become pissy. He's not going to be like, what? Yeah, so... Yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna. His hair is gonna be dyed black. He's gonna grow. be emo. He's gonna have an earring now. <laughs> Don't come in my room. He's gonna be doing Fortnite dances. Yeah. So that, no. Oh, that would be so cute. Now, if they fast forwarded in Mandalorian ten years, okay, maybe yeah. you might start hearing his first words and things like that. But right, like three or four years is nothing to the age of this little guy. So I'm, I'm gonna guess no talking. I'm, I'm guessing. What would his first word be? Man. Oh, gosh. I don't know. You know what? They'd probably pull something really sappy. It's like, this is the way or something like that. His first words would be, this is the way. Like, he'll do something to save Mando or save somebody. It's like, good job, kid. This is the way. And then everybody's like, ah, he said this. He said the thing. He said the thing. And everybody will lose their minds. And then they'll make a lot of money because that's what they do. They're printing money with this damn little thing. All right. What's next? Matt Weber says Marvel claim their films and shows will tie in together, but will they really risk alienating moviegoers by making a given Disney plus show near mandatory to follow a film story or premise? Should we be tempering our expectations for big reveals on that basis? Listen, we've been talking about this, Matt, and, and this is absolutely true. Look, they're not going to make it so watching something on Disney Plus becomes mandatory in order to watch something later. Kevin Feige has made 11-plus years, 20-plus films, and they not one. I, I told this story earlier today. I had a friend of mine has never watched an MCU movie, and when Endgame came out on video, they were like – and they were over having dinner with us. Hey, let's watch Endgame. I've never seen it. I'm like, cool. And she was able to watch Endgame and perfectly fine. Like, yeah, there were some really? things okay. that she missed some of the nuances and she didn't understand some of the relevance of some of the things. But as far as following the story, she was able to follow the story fine. And yeah. that's the genius of Kevin Feige. You, if you set up your universe mm -hmm. or your product line, let's say you've got a product, okay, any kind of a product. Let's say you make Chewbacca shirts, okay? Because that's a very nice, just realized you got that really cool Chewbacca shirt on. Representing there. Okay, so you make Chewbacca shirts. And then you come out with a version two, but in order to wear version two, you have to have owned version one. Okay. Well, now you've limited your prospective customers for version two yeah. to just the, those people who bought version one. Now you make version three, but in order to buy version three, you have to have first one and two. Mm. Again, the only potential customers you have now is a finite number of those who bought one and two. What Kevin Feige has done is he has understood this. And therefore, every MCU thing he puts out, everybody is a potential customer. It's not limited to those who've watched all the MCU so far. So since the movies haven't done that, there's no reason to expect that they're going to do that with the television series again. Everything they do will be easily, will be done in such a way that a new audience member is going to be able to fill in the gaps and figure out what's going on in the first 10 to 15 minutes. 
You know, they will have certain conversations. They will plant little visual cues that if you're a newcomer to, to this and you see that, okay, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. So something happened where a bunch of people were wiped you away. You might miss a few jokes. Yeah, you you'll, know. and some of the nuance. Like yeah. the magic won't make sense to you. When yes, if you haven't seen that, it. That'll too, be like, oh, that was a cool way to pull out his card. Yeah, you won't you'll miss that get joke. That, yeah. But look at what they did in Endgame, right? Let's say you never saw, like my friend had ne- hadn't seen Infinity War yet. So what do they do? They have a scene near the beginning of the movie of a big therapy session. That was, yeah. Where they basically lay it out Mm -hmm. that half the people in the world had been taken away. And Clint's family, you got a taste of, you got a taste of what that was like. So, so everything you needed to know to follow the basics of the story was all there. And so new people, everything Kevin Feige makes is an open door to welcome in new audiences and to whet their appetites to say, now they go back and watch the old stuff, whatever. So I wouldn't worry about that, Matt. I I think we're safe. I think we're going to be safe moving forward because that's important to Kevin Feige. All right, what's next? No Country for Old Sam (laughs) says, just did a watch through of the filmographies of, of three incredible David directors. I'm talking Lynch, Cronenberg, and Fincher. My favorites each are Blue Velvet. Blue Velvet's awesome. Videodrome and The Game. Wondering what you think of those guys and your faves each. Well, I don't I do not do lists and I don't go in running in events, but David Fincher is my favorite of those. Even though there's some Canadian connections, um, David Fincher is my favorite of those. I just love the diversity he brings. He can do something populist fan favorite. He can do something very, very artsy on the go. He's just been doing some television stuff recently, right, with Netflix and everything. He just did his own, like he just did that recent movie on Netflix as well with Gary Oldman. Um, all that kind of stuff. So out of those three, he is my favorite. I mean, the others have a, a lot, a lot of really good stuff too, but yeah, Fincher is, is pretty much my favorite. All right. What's next. All right. This is coming from Kung Fu hot dog. Hey, John, you recently said that Steve Rogers is captain America. No one else can assume that title, but in the Civil War graphic novel, when Steve is apprehended by law enforcement, he tells the Avengers they're arresting Steve, not Cap. Sam Wilson will fill Cap's shoes because we've seen him being loyal to Steve, while we've only seen Bucky as a winter soldier. Also, look at 007. It's a title, but several actors have become that agent. Stay cool, my brother. Yes, but that's the thing. 007 is an employee number. 007 is an employee number. And I get it. In the comics, yeah, well, in the comics, there's Squirrel Girl, right? So let, let's not let's not fall back on the in the comics argument. I'm just saying that in the MCU, like Captain America isn't a title. They've they've turned it into a title, but Captain America was Steve Rogers. Just like in hockey, um, Wayne Gretzky is the great one. That's the great one. Wayne Gretzky. They didn't have another hockey player come along. It's like, oh, Wayne Gretzky retired, so now you get to be the great one. No, 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 no. Wayne Gretzky is the great one, is Wayne Gretzky. Is the great one, is Wayne Gretzky, is the great one. (laughs) Just like in the Batman comics, a lot of different people from Jean Paul to Dick to others have worn the mantle of the bat and been Batman, but really, the Batman is Bruce Wayne, is Batman, is Bruce Wayne. That's that's how I see. It. That's the way, and that's the, the way it kind of was. Captain America wasn't a rank in the military that they just created and say, "Congratulations, Steve Rogers or yeah, Steve Rogers, we promote you to the rank of Captain America." No, that's his name. That was given to him. That is his name. Sam Wilson, who I love, Falcon. 
but he's not Captain America. He doesn't have his abilities. He doesn't have his experience. He doesn't have his powers. He doesn't have any of that. It would literally just be turning Captain America into some title. So when you say Captain America, I'm sorry, you're saying Steve Rogers. Now, again, I am not the per I'm not Kevin Feige. I'm not running Marvel. I'm just telling you the way I, as an individual fan, looking uh, look at it. So yeah, 007 is an employee number. Captain America is a man. Captain America is Steve Rogers. Um, but that's that's the way it is to me, though. And it's totally cool. There are a lot of different ways, and they're probably going to do different things. But that's just the way it is to me. All right, what's next? Joseph L says, "Been a fan since the AMC FYC days." Thank you, man. It seems like Hollywood wants to to turn any recognizable IP into a franchise. Example, Emoji Movie, at least no Pez yet. And I've been waiting for the next ridiculous idea. An idea occurred to me that is equally ridiculous. I'm amazed they haven't done it yet. A breakfast cereal character shared universe. There you go. You have Tony the Tiger, the Trix Rabbit, the Lucky, Lucky the Leprechaun, etc. I even have the title champions of breakfast it's great <laughs> or is it cuckoo for cocoa puffs listen joseph we live in a world where there is a monopoly movie coming there is a rubik's cube movie coming i'm not talking about a documentary i'm talking about the movie rubik's cube now i'm talking there there is a lot of these stupid things look if you can make a movie about plastic square building blocks legos and it's something that make money and are actually good. They're going to do it with anything. You're right. Listen, Hollywood is looking uh, for franchises because we, as the audience, and that's the thing. You talk about that. It's like, wow, why is Hollywood just making franchises? You know why? Because we're telling them to. I don't tell them to. Oh, yes, you do. We, we communicate to, to the Hollywood studios through our wallets. And what do they see? When we make these original films, nobody comes to watch them. We make franchises based on IP that people recognize. People come out and watch it. Not all the time, but a higher percentage. And so we keep telling the studios to make these things. So they're going to keep trying them. Now, every once in a while, you're going to come across something like Lego Movie that, hey, they knock it out of the park. And then sometimes they won't. But you're right, man. It is crazy. And a shared serial mascot thing? That ain't the craziest idea I've heard today. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it at all if some studio right now isn't getting on the phone with, I don't know, what are the companies be like Kellogg's and getting Kellogg. on the phone with all them companies and see if they secure the rights. It's probably Did you see happen. Pete Davidson as Count Chocula on SNL? I did not see that. No. Freaking hilarious. It was freaking hilarious. And you know what? If anyone ever did a serial uh, movie, it should be Adam Sandler. That's just my personal feeling. I, uh, hey, listen, why not? Why not do a mixture? Mix it up. Get a Captain Crunch, Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. Captain Crunch. <laughs> Captain Oswald ah. Crunch. And give him like some backstory. There you go. You're ready to go. You're ready to oh go. All right. What's next? Y'all ain't ready. John Farag says, hey, John and Rob, the news that my beloved NYC theaters are opening came at a perfect time. I get my first vaccine dose today. Nice. This helps normalize life for me and my daughter. I have a heart condition and thought I'd never be in a theater again. Thanks. Hey, listen, no, it is it is great news. But listen, one of the things we cannot, and listen, we, today is day 41. 
of yeah, that's right. 41 days yeah. in a row that the COVID cases have good. gone down in, in California, which is great. Hopefully. We're hearing about the New York theaters are going to reopen. We're hearing that LA theaters is probably coming pretty soon. These are all great. What we cannot do, though, is think, okay, that means everything's fine now. No, no, no. We've gotten to this point because our society is becoming more vigilant and we've been doing better things and being smarter about it. Keep getting tested, guys. Keep wearing your damn masks. Don't go into to overly crowded situations. Um, get vaccinated when you're given the opportunity to get a vaccination. If we keep doing these things, uh, we'll, we'll keep heading in the right direction. And hopefully, John, we will all be back in the movie theaters sooner rather than later. All right. What's next? This comes from Andrew G. Hi, John and Rob. Do you think the new recut of Justice League will have the same post credit scene or not? No, apparently there's going to be a... Um, uh, a, a new cameo sort of post credit thing that they're doing. Of course, that oh. won't lead anywhere because they've already said this is a dead end and they're not doing anything else. And Zack Snyder said, I, I'm not doing any more DC movies. He's got what looks like a lot of fun to me, that Army of the Dead thing he's got coming on Netflix, that zombie thing. I think that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be something a little bit different. At least that's what we know for now. Uh, but you know, and by the way, Andrew tipped in $20. So thank you so much for that, Andrew. So listen, I said this today and I shouldn't say anything, but, and I really shouldn't say anything, but I did mention on my show earlier today. Hmm. I have talked to somebody who saw a ne near completed version of what's about to come out on HBO oh, for okay. the Zach, Lee, Zach Snyder Justice League. And uh, they, they liked it a lot. Yeah. Now, that's one person's opinion which could be totally different from the rest of our opinions. Might be totally different. I might see it and think it's crap, yeah. whatever. But I did talk to somebody who did see it and is aware of it and said it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. So let's see where this goes. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Andrew. Appreciate that, man. All right. What's next? Nicholas Priera says, yes, I love this new Superman show. That's how you humanize him by making him a real caring man who tries to make the best decisions possible for his family and the world. I learned more about this Clark in 60 minutes than about Cavill's one in two movies. I disagree with that. I, I don't think that's true at all, but it puts Superman into a scenario they did something unique. This is the thing I always talk about Joker, right? We've had four big screen Jokers and every time they've made them definitively Joker, but also definitively unique at the same time. What they did with this Superman was something I've never really seen them do with Superman before. He's got a family. He's got kids. Now, of course, the Superman has had children in the comics, but I mean, this is different on the screen. He's got kids. And he's having the struggles where his superpowers do not help him in being a parent. Those don't help. Trying to relate with your teenage kid. It's your super strength ain't going to help you relate. And he's struggling with that. And like, that's one of the things, I don't know if you've ever seen the Superman movie, Superman Returns, where, where, with Brandon Routh playing Superman. Was that in the like 70s? No, no, no. This was like uh, 2000 and something. It's with Brandon Routh playing him at any Oh, rate. the one with Kate Bosworth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. Lois Lane. Yeah. One of the worst miscast Lois Lanes ever. Yeah. And, and I like Kate Bosworth a lot, but that yeah. was not the right role for her. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of the things I liked about that was you have Superman in Superman Returns looked at the God Man. Mm -hmm. What does he struggle with? Well, I'll tell you what he struggles with. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know his place in the world. Mm. He has struggled so like much story, with yeah. understanding his place in the world. He's sitting, there's this beautiful scene in it where he's basically floating in space. 
the God man, the Superman. He's floating in space and he can hear everyone in the world. All the while, he doesn't know how to connect with Lois. Once he finds out he has a child, he has no idea how, how to do that. But just understanding to figure out his place in the world. And they humanize him because that's something all of us struggle with. What is, who am I and what is my place in this world? And they did that. And that's something they've done with this Superman show. And I think that's, that's the big thing they have to build on. Mm -hmm. I think that is the big thing they have to build on. I thought that was interesting how he has kids. Yeah, I like that a lot. All right, what's next? Casey McNatt says, hey, John, just wanted to mention this. Have you noticed the colors they are using in Spider-Man and all of those troll titles? Purple, green, and silver. The colors of the Green Goblin and his silver glider. Hey, listen, I pointed that out on the John Campus show today. And I don't I don't know if they were all supposed to represent a different character. Like maybe the green might have been Mysterio too, by the way. So, but like the green for Green Goblin, the silver for something else. By the way, that was kind of a I'm not quite sure what color that was. Was it was kind of a purplish pink or pink? Purple might have been a Spider Gwen kind of wink of the. I mean, I don't know, but yes, that definitely stood out to me. That in each one of the fake titles, the Spider Man lettering had a different color, and so I did think there might have been a little bit to that. I'm not sold into it, but it's it's possible. (laughs) It's possible. Okay, what's next? Jace JC is my girlfriend's hall pass. Says excellent name. (laughs) Since the announcement of Spider Man three and the possibility of worlds crossing over, I thought an appropriate name for it would be Spider Man three. No place like home. Home referencing Wizard of Oz, a classic movie about being whisked off to. another world just imagine peter saying hey guys ever seen the old movie where a girl gets sucked up by a tornado (laughs) also might be appropriate with all the witch activity lately actually that's a great spot of course now we know that the title is of course no way home but listen the 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 no place like home uh that is one that was a popular theory for a long time no place like home it fits now i heard a number of really good home theories but listen jc I, I like that a lot because you're right. You're tying it into a specific homage movie. That might have been a little bit too specific. But I thought, I mean, if you you had asked me for an over and under No Place Like Home, it would have been one of the higher ranked ones. I probably would have given it like a 25% chance. Actually, if they had just announced today that the name of the movie was No Place Like Home, I probably would have said, yeah, that's pretty good. No Way, no Way Home is also a pretty good one. And I like I it. Like Did that. you happen to have a theory for a title that you really wanted to hear? I had no freaking clue, especially no, I... because of all the things that Tom Holland's been saying and all the theories and where we could go. I literally was just sitting back and enjoying the trolling because I had no. It and was fun when they announced the final one. I because it came out in a skit. Yeah, I I thought they were still trolling, and so it wasn't until other people were like, "Okay, we've got it, we've got a name," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I, I thought it was really well done. I like the little skit they did with it too. That I thought was that was really cute. cute. All right, what's next? Andrew G says, the new title of Spider-Man 3 is Stay at Home. That totally would be so appropriate for today, man. That would have been so appropriate for today, Andrew. Okay, what's next? Sam Fisher says, so can we start calling MCU Spider-Man movies the Home Trilogy? I'm so glad No Way Home is the title. Definitely better than the other three they released as a gag. Oh, well, listen, there's first of all the one tom holland put out which was phone home right that that could depending on what the movie was about like if he had to try to figure out a way to get a message out or something like that phone home would actually be a really good title but we don't know what the movie's about yet so there's that but as soon as they came out with home wrecker it's like okay well they're not going to do that home slice okay they're not so clearly this is all a gag 
you're right. The one it actually ended up being is pretty good. And it starts to give us an idea about maybe what direction they're going to go with the movie. So I'm with you, Sam. I think that one works and, and probably works very well. Okay, what's next? Rob Kwiatkowski says, Wanda said no to rewind time. She is going to say more to fast forward time. And in the last episode, Magneto will appear huh. with Quicksilver and that will cause her to say mutants. And that will be a double negative that will create mutants in the MCU. Okay. Well, there's a couple of problems wrong. There's a couple of things wrong with that, Rob. Okay. So... Uh, first of all, the whole more and that, first of all, Magneto showing up, which, hey, that would be a world stopper. If Magneto shows up, that is a world stopper and I will geek out. Uh, it's also assuming that Quicksilver is actually Quicksilver, which I don't really think. But here's the other thing. Wanda doesn't accidentally do something. Oopsie. I accidentally said more and then I said mutants. No, she in, she purposes things, right? There's It's not like there's some cosmic force that's, oh, Wanda said more mutants. Okay, we'll do more. You know, Wanda's the one who does it. So I don't think that's going to be the case. But again, can we focus on this just for a second? Can you imagine the reaction? Now, again, I don't think X-Men are coming into it. I don't think they're going to do that. But if either Charles Xavier or Magneto show up in this show, forget about it. Like it, it's going to be, people are going to lose their minds. They're going to lose it. I mean, uh, let me ask you, Professor what you, X can help. From 0% to 100%, what do you think the chances are that either Magneto or Charles Xavier show up at this point? A good solid 35%. Really? That high? Yes. That yes. is a solid number. Yes. All right. Now, now I don't know if it'll be those actors. Right, that would he be might different. be introducing. Hey, this is the new crew. Right, but um, it's just, uh, all right. It's just so much, so much. Two more episodes. All right, what's next? Charlie Upton says, "WandaVision is looking like one tough act to follow. Can we expect the same cult following that WandaVision has has been receiving with the upcoming MCU shows?" Well, I mean, I, I don't know. First of all, it doesn't have to have that big of a following. Like, it doesn't have to be this passionate to be super successful. But what have we had so far? We from Disney Plus as far as their premium original series, Mandalorian season one, huge following. Mandalorian season two grows the following. WandaVision season one, and probably the only season. Massive following. I mean, right now, their their clip, their pace, it wasn't like WandaVision set the bar either. I mean, it was set even before with Mandalorian. So I don't know. I mean, every episode is being made by different people, still with Kevin Feige overseeing all of them. With Kevin Feige seeing over overseeing all of them, that's going to give some consistency. All I know, look, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, they may suck. But right now, there's no reason to believe they won't be great because that's just what Kevin Feige's putting out right now. So... We'll see, Charlie. We'll see. All right, what's next? Sam Fisher says, really enjoyed the premiere and seeing the Kents as parents. Is it just me or does Jen Lane knowing Clark's is soups seem like a bad idea? He can be ordered to give up the ID under threat of court-martial or under oath in a court or con congressional hearing. Give me a sec to get to your second one, buddy. Also, wish the kids were named Connor and Jonathan after the Superboys in the comics, with Connor being the cool one and Jonathan being the one with social anxiety. Anyways, as long as everyone's having a good time, there's no need to be a poopy pants. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think 
anybody. I mean, if if Lois, you know, can be captured and, you know, under threat of, of her children's lives, be given, I mean, you can always have that scenario. But this is its own show. Forget what's in the comic books. Forget all that kind of stuff. There's there, obviously to them there was a big advantage to her dad knowing Clark's identity. And for all we know, they may say that her dad figured it out himself, right? They may say, because the show never really told us how her dad knew about it. Like for all we know, her dad knew before she did. He may have known that Clark Kent is Superman before Lois Lane ever did. I, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but that is part of it. And so I think it's, I think it's an interesting change of pace from what we've been used to seeing in the Superman on screen. And I think it'd be interesting. It's, it's good that he's got that confidence, that connection. It's probably going to be for a very good narrative purpose. We'll see how it is moving forward. All right. What's next? K major says, John, I'm very disappointed in you. Why haven't you been discussing the coming of the live action Powerpuff Girls series on the CW? Are you not excited to see Blossom, Bubbles, and Buttercup fighting crime in the city of Townsville? Shame on you, sir. Well, see, here's the thing, K major. It's there are certain things in life you are you look forward to and you're interested in, and there are certain things you're not. For example, from what I understand. Uh, once men get a, a certain age, actually, it's getting younger and younger that they're recommending men do this. Uh, men need to go to the doctor and have the doctor shove their fist up your butt for various you know, health reasons in exam, right? I'm not looking forward to that, and that's, therefore, I don't talk about it. I'm probably looking forward to that more than I am for this Powerpuff Girls show. So if I ain't going to talk about the butt doctor visit, I'm probably not going to talk about the Powerpuff Girls, even though it's a live action thing and a very unique. And you know, maybe the show may be great. The show may be great. I may have a fun time at the butt doctor. I don't think I will, but I'm just saying eh, I'm not talking about it because I'm not interested in it. I'm not really looking forward to it. That's all I'm saying. All right. What's next? <laughs> just saying. Oh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Spider-Man has a title, says, I'm writing this right before a show starts, but they just announced it's No Way Home. I like the title, but wish it was Spider-Man. Work from home. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> I like that. LOL. Also, it's Nightmare. I like it for a fact. I can't. Sorry. I know. <laughs> I know it for a fact. And Superman and Lois was actually all right. It's not Man of Steel, but good enough. Uh, I No, you don't know it for a fact. You don't know it for a fact. You you may have a really strong opinion about it, and you may end up being right. Unless you're the, the actor that's secretly playing that. Yes, <laughs> unless, yeah. If you're that person, then by all means, you know for a fact, and I totally take back what I just said. And yeah, listen again to the Superman and Lois thing. I'll just say what I said before. It, it, it far exceeded my expectations. It far exceeded my... I still don't think it's great, not yet, but it did really exceed my expectations. So credit where credit is due. And yeah, that came out just as the show was starting today. So uh, I like it. But yeah, Work From Home was another big one that people were recommending given the, today's current circumstances. But yeah, No Way Home. That'll probably play into it a little bit better. All right, what's next? Nerdy Teacher says hi john quick question who would be the best villain of movie history comic book or otherwise and why it's darth vader darth vader's the greatest uh, is the greatest uh now my favorite uh villain in comic books and my favorite comic book character villain or hero is magneto eric is my my all-time favorite comic book character i just think there's so much depth and nuance to that character and his background his history uh he's misunderstood um, I just think he's the greatest comic book character ever made. 
but Darth Vader, I think, is the greatest villain. Like he just he captured the imagination of generations, plural, uh, with his presence, his voice. I mean, even without doing much, he became just that menacing factor in everything. Like when, like even today, even today, when you watch, like, I don't know if you play a lot of video games or not. Okay, so there's this game that came out last year that's pretty popular called Jedi Fallen Order, right? Okay, and. Sorry, everybody. I'm about to give away a little a little spoiler in the story of the video game Jedi Fallen Order. But near the end of the game, here we are 40 years after the original Star Wars. Near the end of the game, um, these the, the good guy and this evil girl are having their big face off and the evil girl's on the dark side. So she works for somebody else. And you don't see him during the entire game. But just as the evil girl is like about to give up, you hear in the background, you just, you hear the iconic Darth Vader breath and that's all it takes. Mm -hmm. You go onto YouTube and you look up reaction videos, Darth Vader reveal fallen order. I'm going to check that out. All it, that's all it takes. 40 years later after this character is introduced is to hear his damn breath. And at that point, people freak out. Vader's here. There, I can't remember who does the song. You know that song that's bum, 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 bum. The champ is here. Bum, bum, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. yeah, right? Yeah. Vader's here. Bum, 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 bum. Vader's here. That's it. Vader's there. And that's it. You go back to Rogue One, right? The thing everybody talks about, like one of the biggest movie moments of the past 10 years, Vader showing up in Rogue One and killing a lot of people who were terrified. Mean, that's all it is. 40 years later and his breath in the background is enough to send YouTube into hysterics. There's never been a villain like that. And sure. I don't know if there ever will be again, but uh, that's, that's why true. I think it's a, if you had, if somebody were to stop you on the street and say, Hey, you're Kimberly from the John Campion show. Who do you think is the greatest villain of all time? What will be the couple of names that would jump to your mind. Um, I, I immediately think of the devil, the devil's, the devil's advocate. Um, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Keanu I immediately, Reeves. yeah, I immediately think of him. Yeah, yeah. But, I like that. But one. if you're talking comics, that's a whole other conversation. But if you're talking, you know, film overall, I mean, he's the devil. He's the devil. Not only that, but the way he played it and all the things he did, what he did to his poor wife and all that, it was just like. Crazy, it's crazy, a good crazy. one. All right. What's next? Nerdy teacher says, also, have you had a chance to take a look at the Jobber Superman pilot episode? Like you, I am not a fan of how he was portrayed in Supergirl, but that first episode of Superman and Lois was pretty solid. Thoughts? Uh, I'll, I'll go right with what you're saying, nerdy teacher. Pretty solid. Again, much better than I was expected. Not great. It got a little too CW-ish for me instead of more HBO. But again, I will watch the next couple of episodes with great interest to see really what the DNA of the show is going to be. But hey, listen, credit words do. It's off to a good start. It really is. All right, what's next? Ryan Lawner says, I'm amazed that in discussions of the greatest directors ever, you hardly ever hear people talk about William Wyler. Ben-Hur, yeah. Ben-Hur, Roman Holiday, Miss Miniver, The Best Years of Our Lives, The Little Foxes, The Heiress. What more do you need? You know, when you go back to that era... There are a number of big iconic movies that nobody knows the directors for, but when you start looking at the director's list, the, the, their names, right? Like you never, people never mention Cecil B. DeMille, like the right. Cleopatra. And so like, they never mentioned Cecil. It's 
it is a it is a sign of the of the time. Mm. It's a sign of the time. Like a lot of these movies you're mentioning are movies that a lot of the movie audience has just never seen, so they're never going to come up mm. in the conversations. You know, thankfully, like Hitchcock, a lot of people will watch North by Northwest mm-hmm. and will watch Psycho and will watch The Birds right today, but. There's others that don't, but there are a number of directors that do deserve to get more mentioned than they do. So that's absolutely true, Ryan. All right, what's next? Nick Sonic says, hey, John and Rob, if Toby and Andrew are in Spider-Man 3, do you think they will reveal it before the release? I feel like they would because it would be insane for marketing, but I also feel like the rumors are already generating enough buzz for Here, it right now. Here's the thing. That is a, a great question. This is a, actually a fabulous question, Nick. If Toby and Andrew are in it, and that's still an if, I believe they will be, but let's be clear. It is not confirmed. It's an if. If they are, how does Marvel handle it? Do they try to make it a big reveal, like a big surprise, like, oh my God, or because that would be a huge moment in the theater, huge, or do you take advantage of it from a marketing perspective and you show it in the trailers and get people going, we gotta go see this now, right? There are, there are pluses to both. My gut, and I'll tell you why. My gut says they're going to put it in the trailers. You think so? I do. And here's why. It's not because they think the benefit they'll get from the marketing outweighs the benefit they'll get from the big in-theater explosion like they got with J. Jonah Jameson at the end of Mm -hmm. uh, Far From Home. But I think they simply know this. If they're in it, they're not going to be able to keep it a secret until it happens. It's, It's speculation now. Why? Because you'll see them on set or the IMDb credit will be there. No, just, like, uh, the longer you get closer it? to it, the more people that have to know more um, people, the more people who are involved with the project who are involved with the, uh, the editing, the post-production, the, all that kind of stuff. You're getting now a growing number of people who will know. And the more people that know, and remember we all walk around with global audio video communication devices in our pocket. Yeah. The more people that know exponentially grows the possibility and yeah they kept jay jonah yeah yeah, but that's a minor thing andrew and toby i I just think at the end of the day they're going to think we're not going to be able to keep this under wraps therefore let's take advantage of this let's get ahead of it and let's uh let's get ahead of it and use utilize it for the marketing don't people sign ndas like of course they do of course they do. I don't like being spoiled. I and 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 I agree. That, like some things it might be oh you know you know I I don't like being spoiled. I honestly when when the buzz started I was not happy because the buzz started and then of course there were those outlets that were like for sure this is happening and I was like you know what okay but I would I love that moment in a movie where you're watching it and you're into the scene and all of a sudden things slow down and the tone of the music changes and it pans up and you're like, no way. I love that moment. And I yeah. hate hearing about stuff. Like if, if it, if they're going to do it, I'm, I, I'd be kind of pissed. Cause I don't, I don't want to know. Let me, let me see that in the theater. Let me have that moment where I throw the popcorn at the scene and go, no freaking way. Yeah. But you, know? you let's be Come honest. On, guys. You're already expecting it now. Well, you're- cause they were talking about it. I wasn't, I would not yeah. have expected it. Um, if they were talking about it, but with, the multiverse, I might have thought like, I wonder, I wonder, hmm. But it would have stopped at I wonder. It wouldn't yeah. have been like, 
he's going to be on set every day. I don't. But now, understanding yeah. that that's the context. Yeah. How? What does Disney do with that? It's like everybody's already expecting it. So we're not going to get a lot of benefit by trying to pretend like it's a secret. Everybody knows. And again, the longer they go, the more that people are going to find out. And there is a lot of benefit to be had by plopping them in the uh, in the trailers. You put them in the trailers. It's going to make people go nuts. That trailer, that Spider-Man trailer comes out. Say it's Spider-Man trailer number three. Uh-huh. Not the first trailer. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not even the second trailer, but like the uh, third trailer. There's there's Peter in his apartment talking to Jacob, right? Talking to Ned, Jacob Bartolone. And they're just talking. All of a sudden, there's a knock on their door. Hold a second. He opens the door, and there's Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield standing there just going, crazy. we need to talk. That will become maybe the second or third highest downloaded trailer in the history of movies. For sure. For sure. And so yes. there's benefit to be had there. So I don't know. It, Nick, it's the billion-dollar question. It all depends on how much does uh, – Disney actually think they're going to be able to keep this under wraps and how much do they already think it's been ruined again they may not even be in it yeah because yeah didn't Tom Holland say no yeah he could totally be lying he could totally be lying he could totally be lying like I expect they'll be in it I could not be you know what I think it's going to be you know how Jamie Foxx is going to be there and Alfred Molina Um, remember in um, uh, Endgame when they went back to 2000, what was it, four or something? Yeah, something like that. Um, and, and they just saw glimpses like of themselves. And it yeah. was like a scene, pew, pew, pew. I think it's going to be like that. I Might think be. it's going to be, you know, but I don't know. I, All hate right. this, I hate the spoiler. What's next? Burton Ernie. Says, <laughs> I like that. I see what you did there. Not going to say I was 100% sure it was Agatha Harkness, like others, but following the breadcrumbs was fun, and I confirmed my suspicion during the episode. Word naughty on her butt during open. <laughs> Mole, which is a way devil uses to control witches. Burton, let me find your second one here, bud. It's kind of far up. Hold on one sec. Okay. Lastly, moths are used by devil to trap souls. Hmm. So I'm guessing it's Mephisto. Psych, it's Nightmare. I just did a Marvel switch. Huh. Also, I finally put my finger on what show we are all watching. Wizard of Oz. Agatha Bike, same as Miss Ghoulish Wicked Witch. Again, let me search your other part buddy playing dual characters black and white in color scenes next door neighbor that hates dog and turns into a witch <laughs> if a house falls on agatha i will die laughing <laughs> going back to agatha other crumbs june 2nd is her anniversary also salem witch trials yeah. there's one last part here let me find you let me find you think basement is outside of hex why i think nightmare is drains power as his source power and why the book is glowing red because he needs wanda power to rise and will use kids to bring mephisto lastly her nightmare is what caused it all to happen anyway i mean listen uh, there is first of all there's a lot there to unpack so we're not gonna try to unpack all of it right now but um the nightmare scenario, I never thought that either Nightmare or Mephisto were going to be a part of this. The the Yo Magic commercial really made me swing the other way on that a bit. Like if I was really leaning very heavily towards that it's not going to be them, then I'm now like almost ready to say one of them are going to be it. And, and, I, and I did think if it is Mephisto or Nightmare, I would nudge a little bit more towards Nightmare. A lot more seems to be that. Again, the power of the book clear now the agnes thing 
I just thought they made it too obvious. But as somebody else pointed out on the show, John, you were assuming that everybody knew what you know about the Marvel comics. It's like, oh, of course, most people never even heard of Agnes. So the brooch, the name, the witch costume would not have been enough for a lot of people to tip their hands that this is a character named Agatha Harkness, somebody they had probably never even heard of before. So there's a couple down the aisle there. Look, there are still, though, Burton, with so many questions left. Even though they seem to be answering a bunch, there are still so, so many questions left. And we're going to find out if you're right about this, man. We're going to find out. And I think we're going to get a lot of answers. Here's my my guess right now. We're going to get almost, almost all the answers in episode eight. You think so? And then it's going to set up episode nine for all big time resolution. The resol- but, that's true. But I think the questions will be answered uh, in two nights, less than what 48 hours. What are our hours. main, main, main questions? Well, I mean, it'll be different from person to person. For me, the big question is not how did the hex was made in the first place. It's not. Okay. That's not my main question. My main question isn't even how much of this is Wanda actually in control of. For a lot of people, that would be their main question. For me, the main question, if only one could be answered, is Quicksilver. That's to me, that that really? to me is the one that I am most want to see verified, mm. one way or the other. Mm. Is it the X-Men Quicksilver? I don't think it is. Or is it not? Is it truly an imposter? Is that Agatha's son? Is that Mephisto in disguise? I mean, I don't know. That's the one I want. What for you is the number one question still yet to be answered? The number one question is how did this all start? That the starting, the origins of it, right. Was she sleeping and someone read her mind? Was she dreaming? Was she playing with a little snow globe hex? Was she, how did it all start? Is, is, is Sword, you know, did they start this and it got out of control? And how how did how did this all start? Yep, that's, that's going to be a lot of the ones out there. So a lot of great theories in there, Burton. Let's see where they go with this. All right, what's next? Mason Hockey says, imagine if Henry Cable is in Flash 2. Just... Just to get jobbed by the new Supergirl, I am FAO. Would that make the Flash movie your first leave the theater in a long time? Well, I mean, oh my God. If they had Henry Cavill show up in Flash just to get beat up by Supergirl, because of course Supergirl is going to be in the Flash. Uh, that Oh my God. The level of pissed offness knows no ends at that point. Uh, but I really believe if Henry Cavill were to show up, J.J. Abrams is going to be taking over the Superman character. J.J. Abrams is not going to let Superman get jobbed. He is not going to let Superman get jobbed. I mean, that doesn't mean Superman can't be get into, can't be tricked or can't be put into a bad situation. No, 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 like that. But the straight up jobbing like they did in the Supergirl show to Superman, that is something J.J. Abrams will not let happen. Because if they did straight up job him, yeah, Mason, I would completely walk out of the theater. I, I'm sorry, Superman just means too much to me. I mean, that's the, that is the granddaddy of all superheroes. You job that Superman again, man. I am totally just like walking out of there. All right. What's next? Sam Fisher says, is there is a deeper, is there is a deeper meaning to Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange 2 filming at the same time, or is it a scheduling quinky dink? I think it's the latter because if there was a reason they would both be filming in the same place, I just had to ask the question. There's something you got to keep in mind, Sam Fisher. We are now in a different era of Marvel production. There was a time when we had a Marvel film a year, then two, then three. Right now, here's what we have in the books. And this isn't even exhaustive. This isn't even exhaustive, okay? We have coming out 
We have Shang-Chi. We have Eternals. We have Black Widow. We have Doctor Strange 2. We have Thor, Love and Thunder. We have Falcon and Winter Soldier. We have Loki. We have Hawkeye. We have Miss Marvel. We have She-Hulk. We have Moon Knight. We have um, uh, War Machine. We have Nick Fury. We have so much. It's like 17. On the horizon right Dang. now. We have so much on the horizon Whoa. right now. And remember, Spider-Man 3 started production. For, but listen, we are entering into a phase right now where there is always going to be multiple Marvel things shooting at the same time. That's just the new era moving forward. There is always going to be an understanding that each one thing takes, you know, six months to shoot. And if you want to take into consideration pre and post-production, we are always going to have minimum two, sometimes three or four different projects in motion at the same time. So I, I agree with you, Sam. I think it is a coincidence because it's always going to be that way moving forward now. It's just always going to be that way. There's always going to be multiple things going. I don't know how Kevin Feige is going to do it, but he'll figure out a way. All right, what's next? The Winter Jedi says, hey, John, WandaVision theory. What if the only way for Wanda to save Vision is to send him to another universe slash reality using the Nexus, possibly even out of the MCU altogether? Would this tearful goodbye between Wanda and Vision set the right tone for a WandaVision ending? Nope. It's got to be Wanda losing her damn mind. It's got to be a broken Wanda that sets her up for awesome badness. Moving on to Doctor Strange. Now, look, they very well could do this. They very. By the way, and I don't even think this is the real vision. You know that. I, I don't yeah. think this is the real vision. I think even the last episode when he's talking to the cameras and he says, you know, uh, I didn't even realize what I've been through. Man, it's just, it seems like that was a different person because it was a different person. It wasn't actually this thing that looks and talks and thinks it's vision. Yeah. But, but I don't know. They, they could go that way. I mean, listen, they could very well go the cookie cutter, stereotypical paint by numbers, comic ending, happy ending for everybody. They could, and they'll find a way to make it great. But I am very much more for that. She's either got to sacrifice vision again, or she's going to watch him be ended. And then the kids are going to get ended. And then the, what she thought was her brother Pietro's. I mean, it's just more bad stuff for Wanda. At least that's the way I hope they go Shakespearean tragedy on this one. I really, really do, but it'll be great. Whichever way they go. We'll, we'll see how it ends up. All right. What's next? Jesse says, I think a soft reboot of the CW Superman and not rely on the Arrowverse connections is good because someone like my dad who didn't watch the Arrowverse shows can jump into a show. Uh, um, you're not quite done there. A show about an iconic superhero like Superman and not feel left out. I Listen, there are things about the CW Arrowverse that I used to love and that I've, I've loved. There's things that I've really not. One of the things I loved about this Superman thing is that there was not the slightest reference to anything else in the CW Arrowverse. Hmm. Not one mention of Flash or Kara or Supergirl or anything else. Not the slightest mention. It, it really did feel very standalone-ish. And I really hope for this Superman show that they continue in that direction. At least that's my hope. All right, what's next? 
Dexstar says, I know that the comics aren't the movies and I never really care for speculating because it just gets your hopes up for nothing. But I theorize that at least the name Mutant comes up in the Eternals, seeing as it is through their lore that the X-Gene came in. Uh, it depends on the iteration of the story you're talking about because that's not 100% true. I, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying there. it depends on your iteration of things. I wouldn't be shocked either. I wouldn't be shocked. I, I'd be a little surprised, I'll be honest with you, but not completely shocked. I, I Listen, everything we're hearing about this Eternal thing now, I am getting damn excited, especially with Chloe Zhao. I mean, she's probably going to win the Academy Award for Best Director this year for Nomadland, and right now she's the odds-on favorite. She's the Vegas favorite right now for Nomadland to win the Best Picture at the Academy Awards. I'm not even paying attention to the Academy Awards this year. It's too much of an asterisk year, but that being said, if they actually curtail at least a little bit into that, I wouldn't be surprised. You might be right, Dex. You may be right. And, and I'll tell you, maybe I'll still be a little bit surprised, but not totally shocked. Okay, what's next? Twan says, I'm still pretty annoyed that I just didn't get the sequel to The Last Jedi that I would have loved. I mean, I loved most of the other Disney Star Wars movies, but my God, Rise of the Skywalker, while, while a fine movie, just Colin Trevorrow's draft was better. Listen, I, you know me, I, I am a big fan of the Disney era Star Wars. Not nearly as big of a fan as the original trilogy. I mean, the original trilogy is sky high above everything that's been done. But I loved The Force Awakens. I loved Rogue One. I really liked Solo. I liked The Last Jedi. But And then, of course, Mandalorian. And the, but, oh my God. The Rise of Skywalker. It's just, I made an entire, about 30-minute editorial video. Uh, that was ba I can't remember the exact title of it. it. Was basically a Disney Star Wars fans fans perspective on why the Rise of Skywalker is a failure, and it's all subjective. It's only my own point of view, but it comes down to it was the ultimate culmination of them never having a plan, and all the problems with that movie all go back to not having a plan and just pulling things out of their ass as they go, and it just was inconceivably bad. I mean, not the worst movie I've ever seen or anything like that, but. Such a drop off, and it's it's really too bad because I really do like the other Disney uh, Star Wars movies, some a lot, but Rise of Skywalker was just oh my god, so bad, it's so bad. Unfortunately, all right, what's next? Byron Dunn says, much as I think No Way Home will have a will have multiverse shenanigans, the title might mean there's no way back for Peter to have a secret identity again. I hope they don't reverse it. I love how MCU Spidey is different from comic Spidey. You know, I love that. I love that theory that, that it's not a literal No Way Home. It's like the, uh, there's no going back sort of thing. I I'm not saying I agree that that's what they're doing, Byron, but I love that point of view. I mean, that could be something very interesting. Personally, I believe they're very quickly going to get past this whole Mysterio outed him as Peter Parker. They'll figure out a way to fix that very fast. Very fast. Whether it's just the government saying like, because, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. was working with him and saying, uh, no, actually, that's not Peter Parker. Or just have a scroll. Look like Peter Parker for a minute. Do, 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 do. While, while the real Peter's swinging across a Spider-Man. There, fixed. I think, I don't know this, but I honestly think 
that whole, oh no, the world knows that Peter Spider-Man is going to be fixed in the first five minutes of the movie. Really? I really don't think it's going to have anything to do with the overall story of the movie. I think they're going to fix it just like it was just introduced and dropped in there really quickly at the end. Yeah. It's going to be very quickly fixed at the beginning and that's not ultimately what the movie's going to be about. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that's oh going to be gosh. a big part of the I movie? I just had a thought and Byron, oh my gosh. Okay, so I was thinking, okay, so on Byron's wavelength, what if Tommy McGuire and Andrew Garfield, in order to help him come from different multiverses and be like, it's not this kid. Look, I have the same powers. Look, yeah, I'm it's not Spider this Man. Kid. I'm Spider Man. I'm Spider Man. Don't worry, guy. We got you. We got you. A little you bit know? of a Spartacus thing there. I am Spartacus. Yeah. I'm Spider Man. Yeah. That's not the worst theory either. Or I maybe think. get you bad. know give regular people like some some things to say. Ah, oh, this guy's crazy. You know, we're all or Spider-Man. just straight up discredit Mysterio. Yeah, just yeah. straight up discredit yeah. Mysterio. So there's that too. Like, hey, by the way, we now know this guy was disgruntled Stark employee Quentin Beck. He's not from another dimension. I mean, so one of those two ways. But they'll. But I still really do think it's not going to be a major part of the story. Because there, there is no going back after your I, your superhero identity yeah, is revealed. Truly out there it, is no going back home. unless they fix it very quickly. They say, nope, it's not Peter Parker, and here's why. And you got, you know, uh, you got Talos going, "Hello, I am Peter Parker." La 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 la. Yeah. While while Andrew Garfield's Spider Man is swinging around, or you know, Tom Holland's Spider Man, they'll fix it. They'll fix it. All right. What's next? Jose Hernandez says this week, this week would be the better one since I have been to movie theater. The last movie I watched was Invisible Man. And the next week they opened up the theaters in NYC around where I live. Um, so this year would be one year since I've been. Yeah. Listen, Invisible Man was one of the last ones I saw too. The, the last number of movies yeah. I saw were Invisible Man. And what I think the hunt is what it was called, where a bunch of people wake up in the middle of a forest and they're actually being hunted. Oh, that controversial. Yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. I was hoping that one would be better. And um, I also saw The Gentleman again. The Gentleman was my second favorite movie of 2020. I'm one of the only people that really thinks it's that great, but I really do think it's that great. And then... I drove out to Vegas to see New Mutants, and then I drove out to Orange County to see Tenet. So, but that's the last time. I, I cannot wait to go back. And the next I time I'm in wait. theaters is going to be for Godzilla versus Kong. What was the last time you were in a movie theater? Invisible Man. It was Invisible, Invisible Man. Man was the last one. I, I did one drive-in through the um, quarantine, and I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um, but no, That's no, new, no new movies, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I went to the drive through yeah. a couple of times. We went to go see Apollo 13. We went to go see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and we saw one of the ones we went to and kudos to the, all the people that put that on because oh, yeah. like, it was so fun. Like, so many, unless you're a drive-in, like in order to actually put one on, like people got really creative. There was yeah. one shopping center um, near where I live where uh, with the price of a ticket, they included a $30 credit to a restaurant in that shopping. Oh, beautiful. And idea. I was like, good deal. So yeah. Kudos to the people that made it, made it happen while we were all stuck. All right. What's next? Mischievous Gremlin says, Hey, John, is there some clues in the titles themselves? There's a theory going around. Home Slice is referring to the pizza delivery Tobey Maguire oh. Spider-Man. Home Wrecker is referring to Andrew Garfield Spider-Man wrecking the lives of Gwen Stacy's 
Hold on, let me scroll up here, mischievous family. And phone home is referencing Tom Holland, Spider-Man, always calling Tony and happy. What are your thoughts? No. That's cute. No, no. I mean, listen, I don't get me wrong. I'm not rejecting any sort of hidden messages like the colors in the Spider-Man titling. There might be something there. But no, I, I do not think those particular ones, mischievous gremlin. I don't think those are because you can make that up for anything. You can make that up for anything. So, no, I don't think that's it. Now, again, I'm not saying there might not be some hidden messages in and around the whole prank. But those ones in particular, I got to tell you, Mischievous, I, I do not think there's any validity to those ones at all. Now, watch. That's exactly what they are. But I don't think there's any validity to those at all. All right. What's next? James Argenta says, hey, John and or Rob, Kim, Aaron, it was announced a while ago that David Ramsey will be reprising his role as Diggle in Batwoman, Supergirl, Superman slash Lois and Flash, as well as direct several episodes this year. Do you think he will suit up as Green Lantern? Well, of course, you remember that at the end of Arrow, Diggle finds this glowing green thing. Which, of course, led everybody to believe that this is a, an entry into Green Lantern. And he might be, like, instead of Jon Stewart, it's it's Dig, right? So that could be. We'll have to wait and see. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he directs. He may have directed some stuff already. But the implication, again, we got no confirmation, James. But the implication, what they were implying was clearly Green, green Lantern. That's what they were implying. So whether they do that or try to write it off as something else or ignore it altogether, which we've seen it done sometimes, but I think it will be Green Lantern. So we'll see. All right. What's next? Bobby Stevens says, I know the titles are self-contained, but my OCD is ticketed at the Spider-Man titles. No way home, far from home, homecoming is how my brain wants it. Again, I know they aren't. LOL. Love from Philly. I mean, it's true. When you think about that, you look at it in the, that order, right? If you look at it in reverse, there's no way home because I'm far from home, but then you have homecoming, right? It seems like it should be in reverse order in many yeah. ways, right? I, I, I get you. But obviously, these are self-contained titles that will be in reference to things going on in their own individual movie. But Bobby, I got to tell you, man, I've never thought of looking at it backwards like that. And it would mm -hmm. have made its own very unique narrative that way just with those titles. Well, good observation, man. Well done. Well done. All right. What's next? Zom Gruler says, I tried Zevia. Hey, it's not for me. Sticking with <laughs> Seltzer. Binged Kim's Convenience. Loved it. Nice. Was summer 2019 the last time you were with fam? I hope you go. Two years is a long time to not see your family. And have you considered cruises as an alternative to flying? Oh, I've been on cruises. Look, I, I don't like flying, but I fly. Like I've never not done something that I needed to do because it involved me flying. I don't like it, but I get on the plane all the time. I fly quite often, as a matter of fact. But I hate it when I have to do, when I have to do it, but I do it all the time. And yeah, summer 2019 is the last time I saw my family. Uh, that's why, uh, I mean, the whole pandemic of 2020 and everything. Wow. And uh, it's been difficult. And that's one of the reasons why Ann and I bought my, uh, my parents uh, the Echo Show. So I could Good just, call. we could just talk to each other that way. But I, the very first thing I'm going to do once things are lifted, particularly the two week is if I travel to Canada right now, I have to go into quarantine for two weeks. I can't even leave. Like if I enter, I can't quarantine for three days and then leave. I have to stay for two full weeks and I, I can't do that. Oh. So 
Uh, the very first thing, though, once these quarantine rules lift is I'm going to go wow. visit my family. That's the very first thing. I, I, it's been a while since I've gone this long without seeing them, so I hope I get to do it again soon. Anyway, thanks for those well-researched, uh, Zom Gruler. I appreciate that. All right, what's next? Darth Ram says, I remember about 10 years ago, I had played a game of trivia with my friends. The game was to name as many actors as possible who are famous for playing both a comic book character and a drama character. Now that game takes a couple of months to answer. Yeah, well, I mean, the funny thing is, even back then, most That's funny. comic book actors, most actors have done something dramatic before. Yeah. Now the game is... Name the actors who have played multiple comic book roles. That's the game now. So yeah. there's a couple of obvious ones. There's Chris Evans, who played Johnny Storm and Captain America. Jeff you have uh, Idris Elba, uh, who has been in a couple of, like he was in Losers with, uh, with Chris Evans, and he was Heimdall, and he was, he did another one, I think, at, at any rate. Then, of course, you got Ryan Reynolds, who played Deadpool oh, yeah. and Green Lantern. Um, there are there are a couple of more. I'm trying Josh to remember. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Yep. Yeah. Thanos, and he was the in the Western one. Uh, Hex. Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex. Uh, and he and was in Deadpool. And he was in Deadpool. Cable. Uh, so he's been, he's a triple threat one in comic yeah. book material. Uh, and uh, see, that's the game. Uh, now. uh, Jimon Hansu. Jimon Hansu. Jimon. Yes. Jimon. He sorry, in, he's in multiple. So he was yeah, in Guardians in of the Galaxy. A couple. He was in Aquaman. This is a fun game. Take a shot. He was in Shazam. <laughs> he was in Shazam. So that's yeah, oh three. yeah, Shazam. Yeah, um, he was the wizard. Sh in, he was the wizard Shazam. So that's three. That's the past in. five, like five years, he's been in several. Yeah, he's I mean, Jaimon Hansu. This is a fun he's game. the man. I love John. Yeah, so that's the new game now. That's I shall the new play one. this game with my movie friends. All right, what's next? The Wakandan Forever says he's just a common man working hard for the man. If you're black or white, redneck, funky. <laughs> That's all right. Grew up on soul. Call the man. He's got a goal. He's the American Dustin dream. Rhodes. Watch A-E-W, e -W. Cody and Dustin Rhodes, Gold and Stardust, Dusty Sun's Legacy Lives. Yeah, it is kind of in inspiring when you see what Cody Rhodes has done. So Cody Rhodes, son of a uh, brother of Dustin Rhodes, and uh, of course, son of Dusty Rhodes, um, he went on and he decided, you know what? WWE basically has Monopoly. And he got a major money investor and they started their own wrestling federation called AEW and they're doing really well. And so it is kind of neat watching those two brothers doing things. And a lot of like former WWE wrestlers now see it as an, an option. They've left WWE and gone over there. It's a really interesting thing when you look at it. All right. What's next? Don't fall in public says <laughs> hey everyone love the show if things remain on track and theaters open how long do you think it will take to determine what constitutes a box office success yeah that's true because once everything is open again yeah you got to know right away you cannot evaluate results based on that 2019 way we're it's, totally we're gonna can't. have to, it's gonna be a little bit of a sliding scale for yeah. a while right yeah so like if Black Widow comes out. Mm -hmm. Let's say it makes $500 million. Now, Black Widow came out in 2019 when Disney was putting out billion-dollar films left, right, and center. That would be looked at and people go, "What's what went wrong? What went wrong? Mm -hmm. But really, $500 million would be huge. If it comes out and makes $500 million, I think you look have to look at that as a stunning success. Mm -hmm. Stunning yeah. success. I don't, I don't know if there's any way to do it. Now, I think more likely it's going to be around... 375, 400 million. 
which is, you know, more than they would have made if they didn't. And then they'll go on and put it on Disney plus later. But yeah, I, I think don't fall in public. You're right. There's going to have to be a little bit of adjusted expectations because once the theaters open, number one, they're not going to be open to full capacity. Nope. Number two, it's going to take a while to raise awareness with the public that theaters are open. Everybody we're back in business. And then number three, there's going to take a little while for people to want to go back into the movie. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people like me that are like drooling, get those theater yeah. doors open so I can rush in. Yeah. But there's going to be some people that are like, oh, I really want to go to the movies, but I'm going to wait to see if any big outbreaks happen as a result of people going to the theaters. Yes. So you got to take all that into consideration. So yes, yes don't fall in public. I think it's now. Now, let me ask you this. Hmm. Now, you, I... It's just me and my wife live alone. Mm -hmm. We don't live with one of my parents or one of my grandparents. So there's mm -hmm. a, a lesser responsibility. But yeah. um, once the movie theaters in LA open, yeah. what is it going to take or how long do you think it's going to take for you to go, I'm going to go back to a movie theater? What do you think? Because um, you live in a bit of, of a different circumstance tonight. Yeah, yeah. I live with my family, which I love, by the way. Luckily, my family is like amazing. Thank you, God, because yikes nine months at home. Whoa. Um, but also, um, I live with my 85 year old grandmother as well. And so she's hopefully getting vaccinated here in the next few weeks. Um, so it's different last year. I'm a movie person. I, I right. go all the time last year. I was, I was even friends that were like, we're going to go to the park and we're going to social distance. I said no, because I'm like, I, I could never forgive myself if I brought something home to her. But yeah. now that I know she's getting vaccinated, it does change things for me a bit. Um, so for me, honestly, I don't see myself going to the movies until probably 2022. Oh, so you think like another yeah, 10, 11 months Yeah, because I want to see how it goes. And I want to remember because the in the UK, there was that new strain or whatever that ended up not being a big deal. But I want to see how it goes in an enclosed space with people coughing and sneezing, whether you have your mask on or not, I want to see how it goes. I want to see if, the, is there another outbreak? I want to see, did, did something mutate? I want to get, I want to hear from my friends who are moviegoers. Are, are the kids at the movie theater actually cleaning or they, did they lag? Did you go in and there was a cup just sitting there and germs, you know, how, how, how staff doing? I want to, I want to see, I've accepted that it's going to take a while. All right. I've accepted it. All right. And what's next? This comes from please fall in public. <laughs> Love the show. My guess for the cameo is Blade. Hmm. It's not Luke level, but Mahershala was announced as Blade around the same time the Phase 4 movies and series were announced. And he's had nothing to do with the MCU since. Why else announce a casting that far out? Well, here's, I mean, first of all, I brought that point up myself. Please fall in public. I brought that up myself. Like, that is one reason to look at it that way. However, there are two things that work against it, too. They announced Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam five years ago. That's right. Five years ago. I was there. I was in oh. Las Vegas in the Celine Dion Theater at Caesars Palace at CinemaCon when the Warner Brothers execs were on stage and they brought out Dwayne The Rock Johnson. That's so And he cool. talked about how he's going to whip some candy asses and all this kind of stuff. It was glorious, let me tell you. Um, but that's been five years. Oh, man. So it's like... You know, the sees Miss Herschel Ali, man, they announced me like a year and a half ago. And Dwayne Johnson's like, that's adorable. Um, so there's that. The But the other problem, of course, is this with a lot of other things. There's no story connection there. There's no story connection. Like, 
Yeah, Blade showing up is what does that have to do with with WandaVision or anything going on in WandaVision? It has no connection, has nothing to do with it. So uh, that's why I would say no. But Mahershala Ali showing up would be huge. Mm -hmm. And you're right, they did announce him a while ago. So maybe this is what they had in mind. So listen, it's possible. It's not the stupidest theory, it's not the craziest theory I've heard. But because of all those things, I, I really doubt it is him. But if it does happen, We'll remember you said this, please. All right, what's next? Jalen Pryor says, okay, John, I know your love for Man of Steel, yep. but for me, Logan is number one. Man of Steel is second, and Hancock is third. If you had to pick one scene to watch for the first time between Superman saving his mom from Zod on the farm or Logan saving Laura, which you pick? Okay, listen, I'll tell you right now. Logan is a better movie than Man of Steel. It, like I, I, think Man of Steel, I don't think Man of Steel is the single greatest comic book movie of all time. I think it's one of them. And I think it is easily the most underrated comic book movie of all time. That is, to me, no discussion. But Logan, to me, is a top three greatest comic book film of all time. To, to me, there are the, the three greatest comic book movies of all time are, number one, The Avengers. I think the first Avengers is the greatest comic book movie ever made. And then in the two and three spot, in whichever order you want, I don't have them in any particular order, but is The Dark Knight and Logan. Logan is a masterpiece. Logan is an absolute masterpiece. And so that, but I'll tell you what, if we're just picking moments, the moment when Superman, when Zod and the Kryptonians are trying to mess with Superman's mom and he shows up, I'm like, oh, he's going to fuck you up. Oh my God. You are so, you made a mistake. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you threatened my mother. And I'm like, oh my God, this is. That is a moment. That's a moment. I think it's better than that other moment. The Logan with the, with the kid is great. That is great. Saving Laura. But, but that moment, I take that moment. Even though I do take Logan as an overall movie over Man of Steel, um, that moment in Man of Steel is like, I get, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I, 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 get, I get pretty excited thinking about that one moment. All right. What's next? DJ Smars says, hey, John, what do you think the chances are of Wanda appearing in Spider-Man No Way Home? I believe Benedict Cumberbatch is already announced to appear in it. I'd say solid 40% chance. Solid 40% chance. Look, we already know that there is a story arc. WandaVision, Spider-Man 3, Doctor Strange 2. We know Spider-Man is going to be in Doctor Strange 2. We know Wanda is going to be in Doctor Strange 2. We know Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man 3. What's the one thing left there? Well, there's two things left. Spider-Man showing up in WandaVision, which I don't think is going to happen, and Wanda showing up in Spider-Man 3. I don't, I'm not going to say that the odds are that it will, but I will give it a solid 40%. If you had to give it a, a percentage chance, what are you saying? Of Wanda showing up and appearing at least momentarily even in Spider-Man 3. It's totally 50-50. Yeah, yeah, really close to mine. Yeah, yeah. it's close. Yeah. It's close. All right, what's next? Balam Garden Seed 87 says, Hey, John, shout out from Sydney, Australia. Nice. Been watching your sh shows since the start of WandaVision and haven't missed one since. Oh, so you're relatively new. Thank you so much for coming along, man. Just wanted to say how much I enjoy listening to you and the rest of the crew you have appeared beside you on the show. Uh, listen, uh, Blam B Garden. All right, listen, seriously, it's always so awesome when somebody wants to write in just to say something encouraging and kind and for no other reason. So thank you for that. And thank you for being one of our new viewers, being a new part of, to our community. 
Thank you so much. That was really nice of you to consider to write that in. And you're coming at just the right time because we got Kimberly here now doing these videos too, which is a really good time for you to come in. So again, thank you so very much. We really appreciate that, man. All right, what's next? Micro Trouble says, hey, JC, enjoyed your show over the pandemic. First time introduced to you. And after all this, hope to go to my first Comic-Con ever. Oh, nice. Due to your show. I'm hoping to see Kay Reeves riding, riding in to WandaVision as Ghost Rider to save the day. Won't happen. Sexist Canadian ever. I can dream. <laughs> LOL. Um, I mean, listen. Yes, he is. There are theories that Keanu Reeves is going to pop up. Some people think it's going to be Mephisto. And listen, there's reason to think why I that might be possible. We Kevin Feige has talked openly and publicly. Yeah. That he is for a couple of years trying to figure out a way to get Keanu Reeves in. And Reeves has said, yeah, man. And he, Keanu Reeves and Kevin Feige have talked. So that doesn't mean he's going to show up, but it totally means the door's open there. And if Mephisto is in the show, which we don't know, but yeah. if he is, he's got to be played by somebody, right? So maybe it's Keanu, maybe it's Al Pacino. I don't know, but Whoa. it is not the craziest theory. No, it's, it's not. not. I'm okay. I'm just going to take it from the smile on your face. You would be open to the idea of seeing Keanu Reeves pop up in the uh, in WandaVision? <laughs> Keanu Reeves could be... <laughs> The cable guy that fixes the TV show to right? make sure it's still broadcasting. And I would be like, keep him forever. I'm the biggest Keanu Reeves fan in the world. I would love to see him do anything. So, yeah. All right. What's, I, I think this is our final question. What's next? Cam K says, hey, John, not sure if you remember, but you debunked a multiverse statement of mine about Peter referring to the multiverse that came from Endgame, but that's not true. There was no connection to Endgame there at all. Peter said, there's a multiverse? But that's exactly, here's the thing, that's exactly, he said that in response to the explanation about the, the alternate timelines and things like that that Nick Fury was referring to, so... Yeah, he was talking about that. I mean, listen, I could I could be totally wrong. I'm not willing to stake $100 on that or anything. But as a fan watching it, when I'm watching it, it seemed pretty clear to me that they were talking. That's what they were talking about. And so when Peter brought that up, he was saying that in response to those references. So, I mean, hey, listen, we may find out in the next thing is not. Again, I'm not. I'm not ride or die with that theory whatsoever, not in the least. I'm just saying that as a fan sitting there watching it, that's how it struck me. And maybe that's the way it is. Maybe it's not. We'll find out together pretty soon. All right, guys, that'll do it for this installment of the Companion Vita. We're all caught up now on all the questions. Thanks a lot for sending those in. Guys, thank you for watching this video and spending some time with us. Special thank you to all you guys who sent in these questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it and all of us involved with the show. Thank you guys very, very much for that support. And I also want to thank our own Kimberly Curran over here for being here. Kimberly, thanks again for being here. You're thank always you. a ray of sunshine. Thank you. Thank Where you. can people follow you online if they want to follow you on social media? I'm on Instagram at was W-U-Z good Kimberly K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y. Why? Which you can see right below her there on the screen right now. Uh, thanks so much. And of course, you guys can follow me on social media simply, you know, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, whatever. Just follow me at John Campia. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until tomorrow, my friends, bye bye.